evening, folks, and welcome once again to another edition of the Contenders for the Faith radio broadcast. I am Pastor Anthony Grissy, broadcasting to you live from the beautiful state of Arizona. And it is beautiful. It's my favorite time of year. We're getting close to fall. The elk are starting to bugle. Rut is kicking in, and it just doesn't get any better than this. I do pastor the First Baptist Church in Payson, Arizona. You just got to just got to turn right off of the Beeline Highway onto Main Street, past the movie theaters, and you can't miss us. We're right on the south side of Main Street, and uh, we've been there for many, many years. We're still preaching the old King James Bible. We've been having wonderful services the last few Sundays. Um, I think we've been experiencing revival in our church. We've seen God do great things in the last few Sundays, and we are just thrilled to death to see it happen. And uh, having a blast in the service of the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. And if you're in the Payson area, just check us out. Check us out. That's, listen, now, if you think we're an uber-patriot church, you got another thing coming. You're wasting your time. Don't even bother. Okay? We're Bible believers that believe you ought to be out street preaching and soul winning. Okay? We believe that. We believe doctrine must be preached through reproof, rebuke, and exhortation, through long-suffering and doctrine. That's what the Bible teaches. That's what you're going to get when you come to our church. We're going to preach hard. We're going to go out and knock on doors. We're going to hand out gospel tracts because we know that this is the end times. I'll get to that in just a minute. Folks, we are a show that's dedicated to tackling controversy and conspiracy directly related to Christianity. And we do all this from a biblical perspective because we believe the Bible is our final authority in all matters of faith and practice. And when I say Bible, I'm talking about the old King James. And if you try to throw the originals on me, you're wasting your time because you and I both know you've never seen an original a day in your life. It doesn't exist. You only say that to intimidate what you consider to be the uneducated out there. We're not that way. We believe the book, and we believe the book over man's intellect. From politics to pop culture, we believe that book has the answer to all of life problems. Yes, and we do believe that book has an answer to even that spoiled, rotten punk out there in San Francisco, Colin Kaepernicky. Um, But before we get to Colin, let's uh, bring on that main tower of brain power, the Ecclesiastical Law Center Research Director. And believe me, he will research it. He might even research you, so, you know, be careful. Jason Burton, good to have you along with us tonight. How's everything out there in Union City, Indiana? Hey, it happens, you know. I do that. But anyway, yeah, everything is going fine out here. Praise the Lord. We are serving the Lord out here in Union City, Indiana. If you ever have driven through it, I'm not quite sure why you did unless you were coming to the town yourself. But uh, we're right on the Ohio-Indiana border. If you're looking for a good church just north of Richmond, Indiana, north of I-70 there, uh, you, we've got a good one. We've got a good pastor. We've got uh, we got a lot going on here, too, pastor, and we're excited Amen. about what the Lord has for us here. Um, it's great to be on the air tonight. I am just praising the Lord that uh, none of my children are acting like Colin Kaepernick or whatever his uh. name is. Because you know what? They would have a time. There are biblical ways to deal with that. And you know what? There are biblical ways to deal with adults who are scorners and and that sort of thing. The book of Proverbs talks about it. We're not going to answer this guy. But you know what? We are going to point out his folly, and Mm -hmm. we are going to uh, laugh at him heartily. 
kind of like Elijah yeah. did at the prophets of the Baal, and uh, make fun of whatever god he thinks he is worshiping, which is only himself. He is, after all, an NFL star, but uh, not well, not a star. I mean, his name's in everybody on everybody's lips now. But who knew him before he refused to stand up for the uh, for the uh, you know, national anthem. Nobody knew of him. So he was getting yep. ready to lose his job anyway. He saw this yep. as a way to get in public eye. Now the NFL team cannot drop him without outrage. Yes, it was that's brilliant. exactly right. I, hey, I wonder if it was his uh, agent that actually caused him to do this. I mean, yeah, no, nah, he's probably just evil. Anyway, <laughs> good to be on the air tonight, Pastor. <laughs> no, no, I, I would not be surprised <laughs> if this was political and um, – it's just the it's the sign of the times, which we will get to. I got to say this, Jason. Um, if my kids pulled that off, living in my home, I would I would whoop the tar out of them. I don't care what That's you what think. I don't care what anybody else thinks. Uh, that would be the end of it. Your your sports yeah. days are over as long as you live in my house. You're done. All right. Oh, good it's heavens. Just, yes. Oh, look, we've been having a wonderful time. What's wrong time. with you, son? Yeah, <laughs> that's <type> the <of> thing. <laughs> we've been having a wonderful time here at Payson First Baptist, Jason. Uh, for the first time, we've been able to take our boys. We've had a class called the Preparation for the Call Ministry. I've got a, a good group of boys, right? And all that, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be preachers, but they're being taught to preach, and they're being taught sure. that when God calls them, they're ready to go. They're already trained, and we've been tre- teaching them how to street preach, but they haven't gone out yet. Yesterday. We took them out for the first time, and we let these boys, ranging from the age of 16 all the way to the age of 9, stand up there and street preach on a public corner the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Man, I had more fun yesterday, and what thrilled my heart more than anything is the boys were scared to death. They were nervous, but a couple of those boys said Uh, when they got done, they said, can we do it again? I said, go ahead, you're up again, and away they went. And they just preached, and they told people about Jesus. I just, man, oh, then you look at this punk out there in San Francisco, sitting there on a bench, uh, scorning the flag that he believes that when it finally, when this nation finally reaches to his approval, the little twerp, when it finally reaches to his standard of living, then he'll get off his lazy duff and stand for it? If it wasn't for America, you little worm out there in San Francisco, you wouldn't have your millions, you miserable, ungrateful scumbag. If it wasn't for this country, you wouldn't have anything. Try making your millions in another country. Oh, my goodness, Jason, I can't even, I can't even fathom the ungratefulness. But listen to what the scriptures say. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Here it is, unthankful, unholy. Unthankful. That's a sign of the times. We got children growing up with this mindset, uh, you know, they deserve something. This little twerp has been adopted, raised by white people. He's been signed by white people, paid by white people in America. Millions. And he thinks that he's going to make a difference by sitting on his lazy bottom when the national anthem is played. Somebody put out a picture and it showed a Marine who had his legs blown off 
and he was standing with no legs. He was holding himself up with his arms, all right, when the national anthem was being played. And this good-for-nothing punk is sitting down until the country changes to the standard that he wants it to change to? I, oh, you know, he's got millions. If he wants to make a difference, go to the inner cities, you little worm, and use your money for some of those kids that, um, you know, whose deadbeat dads are following your example. I, I'm sorry, Jason. I, 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 this makes me so mad. And, and then they're saying on the news right now, Jason, that other NFL players may follow suit. Guy, I, I, you know, if one well, other... I, 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 Oh. Yeah, they may. Go ahead. I mean, whatever. Hey, if people don't like this country, then you know what? They can leave. Yeah. It's like we, we don't keep people from leaving this country and going and, and settling in, in Africa, which apparently a lot of people think is superior to the United States of America. You know, the United States of America, Pastor, in, in many ways has been the most giving, the most innovative, the most uh, 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 doing of good around this world and of allowing freedoms within its borders than any country that has ever existed in the history of this planet. And still, to this day, we do have our freedoms that are being dialed back by a wicked government. However, still in this day, at this very point, we are still the freest society that has ever existed on this planet, with the possible exception of ancient Israel. But it's... Look, I know America is going to the devil. I get it. Folks, if you listened to our show last week and uh, on Tuesday night's show, you know what I think about it. When a nation forgets God, it goes to hell. It turns into hell, all right? And that's where we're heading. But uh, just to see this, the hypocrisy of the NFL is this, Jason. And I know the difference between an NFL team and the NFL itself, all right? But here, the NFL applauds him practically while well, we defend his right as an American to be able to not stand because it's a free country and he's allowed to voice his opinions in this matter. While Michael Sam, a year ago, the seventh round, 249th pick, um, being the first openly queer, kisses his boyfriend on TV. Um, what's his name? Um, uh, uh, oh, I can't remember his name now. Don Jones, Miami Dolphins safety Don Jones, merely expressed his disapproval by tweeting horrible and OMG. I, of course, I don't support the OMG part. After the queers kissed each other, and they find him, the Miami Dolphins find him with an undisclosed amount, and then barred him from teen activities until he finishes training for his recent comments made on social media. He had to go through uh, LGBTQ um, uh, management Sensitivity training. training. Sensitive, yes. that's it. You know, and the NFL did not rebuke that. For you know, Don Jones, playing for the Miami Dolphins, merely spoke his mind, but he gets fined. All right. And then we've got this scumbag punk who is on his way out, by the way. And um, and it was a brilliant move. He's sitting for the national anthem. This. uh, Come on, man. If it wasn't for America, you don't have your millions, you moron. You don't have your millions of all things. The NFL should have said, you know what? You can stand. Go make a difference somewhere else. Go to the inner cities. Make a difference. 
What did they say on the Drudge Report today? They said that August was, um, they had the highest amount of shootings and killings, most violent month in Chicago. All right? This is black people on black people. Where is his stand against that? Meanwhile, the NFL also would not allow the Dallas Cowboys to host their um, uh, arm-in-arm program with the, uh, uh, the police department. Uh, it was arm-in-arm decal requests, which would have honored the Dallas police officers killed in the July 7th massacre. The NFL would not allow that. They wouldn't allow the Dallas Cowboys to do that, but it'll allow this dirtbag scumbag. And I'm tired of hearing this, you know, well, you know, soldiers died to allow me to do what I could do. Yeah. Well, look, you're representing the NFL. If Don Jones can be fined, for merely stating something against Michael Sam, and he didn't have the freedom to say it, Colin Kaepernick, he shouldn't have the freedom to sit down. I, well, I don't just think goes to show you that the sodomites are lifted up to a, a level in this country where they have actually been enthroned above even the flag of the United States of America or the freedoms of those who don't wish to participate in their abject spiritual poverty. You know, you yeah. read down that list in Second Timothy chapter 3, where you read that uh, one of the characteristics of men in the last days was unthankful. If you keep going, you see without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Of course, that would count toward those who would speak out against sodomites. But then yeah. in verse 4, it says traitors. And then two things, two different things are mentioned here, and this applies in this case as well. Heady and high-minded. I mean, I'd have no doubt that this Colin Kaepernicky or whatever his name is, I'd never heard his name before this incident, I have no doubt in my mind that he is proud of the stand that he is taking. He's heady, he's high-minded about it, and he doesn't realize that what what he has done is put himself against uh, the the cry for freedom. You know what, he ought to have the freedom to sit down, I suppose, but... uh, You're right. There's a double standard when it comes to standing for that which is right. When it comes to standing for the, uh, you know, things like closed borders in America, these are things that will target you for the left's vitriol for them to just pour out acid upon you because you have stood for that which is righteous. Now we know in the end times that people will not be able to maintain a love for righteousness or goodness, and uh, we we certainly see that in our land. the very last, by the way, Christian-majority nation in the world, now that uh, England has pretty much gone down. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. You're right. So I don't You're know right. if you got that the other day, but England, um, they actually have below 50% are going to church anywhere now. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's something like 10% of people in England attend services on a regular basis, or and something like oh, 30 or 35% even um, claim to be any sort of Christian or anything like that. So we are really the last stand, and this country will fall too if it hasn't already. It's in the process. It is. It is. But I don't have to like it, and I most certainly can voice my opinion against nope. it. I, honestly, Jason... I, oh, no, I, and here's the I, deal. You're going to stand up in a time when it's unpopular to do so. What's not going to happen is there's going to be a whole bunch of pastors out there who are just going to go along to get along, thinking that they can entertain uh, mm-hmm. goats into heaven when all they're doing is entertaining goats straight into hell by not giving them the clear gospel of Jesus Christ and preaching on righteousness from the Bible. Yep. 
That's exactly right. And I do put the blame where it belongs, Jason. I do believe that the churches have dropped the ball in this matter, and we've become more well, I don't know. I don't think it's every church. I think that there no, have always no. been hirelings it's not every since church. the very beginning. There have always been hirelings. There have always been those that have called themselves, you know, uh, God's people, whether it's in ancient Israel or whether it's in America in 2016. Um it's uh, you you can lay it at the feet uh, i guess of hypocritical pastors but those are pastors who are just uh wolves in sheep's clothing leading these people straight to hell yeah so they're not really true pastors anyway <laughs> a lot of them no, you're right, you're right but they do claim a or they profess the name of Christ and and look the name of Jesus Christ i believe is so powerful that your mere profession holds you accountable I, I, you can't play, you can't play games with the name of Jesus Christ. In Philippians chapter two, the Bible says, "Every knee shall bow at the very mention of His name." At the very mention of His name, you'll bow. So to profess Jesus Christ and to live a totally opposite life, well, you're going to be held accountable. Even if you're not saved, say, "Well, I, I believe in Jesus Christ." Man, I wouldn't say those words. You're going to be judged accordingly. God is going to hold a nation that claims to be Christian and yet rejects his principles and rejects his teachings. He's going to hold them accountable, and I do believe that will happen in our nation. But uh, this, kind of, this kind of audacity from a football player, Jason, I really enjoy watching football. I do. I enjoy the game. I like to see those guys hit each other hard. I, that's just me. I like hockey. I'm I'm that way. I like baseball. I love baseball, but there's something about football and hockey. I I don't like basketball that much. I just that's just not me. All right, but I love hockey. I like to see a good hit in the corner. You know, I even like a good fight. That doesn't bother me one bit. But I don't know if I can watch football if I if these players start joining in with him and the NFL sides with that. I don't know if I can watch the game. Well, I here's just, the deal: I, I, you if know. you if you keep watching the game, and if people who are who are uh, Bible believing Christians keep contributing to the money coming into the NFL by watching yeah. the games and buying the merchandise, then why would they have any reason to change what they're doing? The fact is, the yeah. only thing that is going to change the NFL is for the for the godly people to not contribute to the wicked system. And, of course, yeah. that may not make enough of an impact. They may keep just going. But you know what? I think we could probably do without the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, it already interrupts and, and disrupts our churches because during, um, during football season in the winter, there are people who skip church to go watch football. You're right. There it, are it churches who, who show the Super Bowl instead of having a Sunday evening service. Yeah, we we just cancel Sunday evening altogether. <laughs> well, you, you guys are wicked. No, I'm, we don't even we don't even have Sunday evening services. But you're no, right. I, I, I guess my point is we can live without it. You know what? We could have gone right. this entire life, Pastor, without ever hearing the name Colin Kippernicky or whatever his name is, and it wouldn't change one iota what our responsibility and duty is as Christians. I think we just need to start giving some stuff up. You're right. You see, it's. Why why do we struggle? And it's because we enjoy it. That's that's yeah. why. That's, that's why right. we struggle with things like this. Um, you know, why why do we why do we get Starbucks coffees for instance? Starbucks, one of the uh, great promoters of uh of liberal ideology contributing to the LGBTQRSTUV 
culture. Um, yeah. You know, and who uh, I, they said they tried to get Christmas out, and they only had red cups that one year. That was pretty dumb. But, yeah. I mean, why do we continue to contribute to the things that are bad in our society? And it's only because we feel like we have some sort of duty to be entertained. And that's not the case. We right. can drop these things, and we can simply choose not to participate in them. And actually, as Christians, we should not participate in the wickedness of this world. We know this from what Scripture says. But when it comes down to the practicality of it, the practicality of setting aside, you know, basketball because it's a bunch of felons, you know, who are out there bouncing a basketball up and down, or uh, or football, you know, NFL, um, why don't we just stop doing it? It's hard. It really is. But why don't we? Why don't we? There's actually a passage of Scripture that sides with what you just said, Jason, and um, or you've just aligned yourself up with the book, and that is uh, Matthew chapter 5. Now, it may seem like it's off topic, but it's not. It's teaching a principle here, guys. It says, uh, you've heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. Verse 28, but I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman, the lust after hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. Now watch this in verse 29 and verse 30. It says, if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee, for it's profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off, cast it from thee, for it's profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. And the point that Jesus Christ is making here is, you don't have to have the right eye if it's going to cause you to stumble. And that's that's basically it. You can lose certain things. Um, I, was, I was talking to a fellow, and he believes in having accountability partners, Jason, and, and that's because um, he has struggled with, uh, you know, immorality in, as far as pornography was concerned. And, and, sure. I, and, I, and I believe that's a good idea to have. You ought to have accountability partner. You ought to hold yourself accountable. But sometimes you just need to get rid of the thing. You know? Oh, absolutely. You, you yeah, cut that, off any avenue of temptation. That's, that's the mindset. Now, I know that there are some things you can't do, you just can't get rid of. I mean, i got to go to Home Depot and buy products, you know, even though Home Depot has also been an LGBTQ, whatever, RST, XYZ, W, you know, all that stuff. i got to buy certain things for products, I, for work. That's some things you have to do in this life. You've got to do. There are other some things, things I don't are, have to do. Are, are there other people that sell those parts? Probably. Would it be inconvenient for you to get them? See, I guess yeah. my whole point with Pastor is this, is that often we mistaken what we have to do. Well, you know, I won't be as good a testimony to that family if I don't go over and watch that football game on Sunday after church, even though, yeah. it, you know, it doesn't deal with anything. And, you know, it's something that they've always liked to do, and I really feel like we're, we can justify anything. And I think that yeah. we do, in a lot of cases, justify those things that we like a lot. Always. Such as, you know, when Starbucks comes out. I mean, Starbucks could put a demonic Satan head on their cup, and you'd still have 95% of independent Baptist pastors would still go to Starbucks. And, And, you know, here's the thing. If they do, fine. But you don't have to. That's the thing. I don't have to. I don't have to go in there. Right. I'm not required to. All right, you want to go do it? Fine. Help yourself. But I don't have to do that. I don't have to support it. I don't have to turn no. the TV on. I don't have to. Yeah, and that's I – think, I think you've hit the nail on the head. Most of us just don't care, and we'd rather fulfill the loss of our flesh. And so well, that's it right there. Paul get talks bad. about that in the book of Romans where you start following the flesh rather than, your, than the spirit of God that dwells in you. 
We're not to be carnal Christians. I mean, no. <laughs> if we would pick up the Bible, imagine this. Imagine the change that would happen, Pastor, if this happened. Don't give up the NFL. But during football season, read your Bible as much as the NFL team practices. <laughs> and still watch the games on Sunday. Do that. If if people if Christians did that, this world would change. So oh, it's yeah. not like, you know, but it's not like, well, you know what would happen? <laughs> you'd read your Bible and you'd be like, I don't really want to watch the football game. <laughs> because you would start being filled with what the food, the spiritual food that God would want to give you. And so you would yeah. naturally, not naturally, you would through the Spirit weed those things out that are inconvenient for the Spirit because you would be filled with the Spirit. Amen. Amen. Yeah, Colin Kaepernicky, Kaepernicky. Well, I, I don't care. Whatever. It doesn't matter. If you, if you notice on his, he is he is a contrast to Christianity, even though he claims to be a Christian. If his tattoos, if you could ever get close enough to see him, because most time the TVs don't want you to versus all over his body. I mean, his whole body is scripture verse. Really, and so it's it's he's a, he's a contrast to what the scriptures teach, and yet he's proclaiming the name of Christ. And then oh, this sure. is why I'm ripping on him so hard, Jason. This guy professes Christianity, and yet he is showing one of the great displays of ungratefulness, which is not Christianity, not even in the least. And um, I'm sorry, Colin, you don't get a pass on this one, you scumbag. You need a you need a man up. Stand up for the national anthem and go make it in a very real. Truly, was a Christian instead of tattooing it on his body. Go open his mouth, get downtown Chicago, and be a testimony for Christ. You know how many people would listen to him just for the fact that he was an NFL star? If he told him, "Look, I have to. I, you need to repent of your sins and come to Jesus Christ." There's a difference that would be made, but it'll never. Happen. He'd rather sit like a punk. Yeah, and just make a. Uh scene of himself and do everything for the almighty dollar because now he is guaranteed not to be cut from this team at least until this whole situation goes away all right folks this is the contenders for the faith radio broadcast we're already to the halfway mark hey jump in that chat room go to the americanvoice.com give yourself a super secret identity jump in there with frank he'll jump all over you it'll be fun to watch anyway folks we'll be right back in just a few moments don't go anywhere from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals, 
Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. hear from heaven, a clear word from God, a sermon of conviction, straight from the heart. I've been hearing other preachers say I don't have to change. The most eloquent of speakers tell me I'm okay, but it hasn't eased my conscience. I know it's not the truth, so when you stand before us, can I count on you? Oh, preacher, you say you want to be my friend. 
not the word and let the spirit lead preach until i've heard god speak to me don't worry about my feelings don't worry about my shame just preach the cross of jesus and that i'm to I'm Jason Burton in Union City, Indiana. I attend Cornerstone Historic Baptist Church. And, of course, with me, as always, in the big squeaky chair underneath the cedars of Lebanon, flanked on either side by large bookcases containing the entire Library of Alexandria, the only megachurch pastor in Payson, Arizona, at least the only one worth, uh, you know, going to the church that he pastors at, is Pastor Hmm. Anthony Garissi. Did I say you were in the big squeaky chair? Let's hear the yeah. squeaky chair. There. Can you hear it now? Oh, yeah, definitely. There you go. That's it. That's <laughs> those of it. you on 56K stream, you guys probably can hear it a lot better than those of you on 8 kilobits per second stream. But that's okay, too. Folks, this is uh, the Contenders for the Faith radio broadcast. I'm going to mention a little bit about the website, PastorTheAmericanVoice.com. Of course, you can listen to this broadcast and others on the American Voice radio on a number of different uh, bandwidths. For those of you still on dial-up, you can do that, too. The 8 kilobits per second will be perfect for you, but it is poor sound quality, but that's okay. You should get something other than dial-up. All right, folks, there is an excellent opportunity to be a part of this radio broadcast and other radio broadcasts on the American Voice Radio, and that's through the chat room. Go to theamericanvoice.com about halfway down uh, on the left-hand side. You'll see a button that says chat. Click on that. Sign sign up because you want to jump in there. We got Anthony Garissi in there right now. We got Frank in there right now. We got Jason Burton. That's me. In there right now, LT, as always. He's got a lot of good stuff to say, by the way, Pastor. I really appreciate yeah. LT in the chat room there, and uh, Nunya as well. Um, and then we've got Solo Joe that jumped in. Good to see Solo yeah. Joe. He's a long, 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 long time listener. 
So uh, good to see everybody in the chat room. And, folks, you want to take advantage of the opportunity to get in there. And, hey, why don't you just, you know, empty your wallet at the donate button as well on theamericanvoice.com. Hey, I got to say this about my office, Jason. Um, I am not surrounded by bookcases anymore. My wife has literally taken every bookcase out of my office. In fact, my office is almost bare bones. She is determined to make my office. How can you have an office pastor without books? I, I don't. She's taken everything. My bookshelves are gone. She is determined to make my office look better than it is. I felt like my office looked good. If it was comfortable, <laughs> I knew where all my stuff was, you know. And she said, "Nope, this is it. This is done with. I'm, I'm, I'm changing it all." She's so, she's so determined. She's going to take a bucket of mud, drywall mud, and she is going to start mudding the walls of my office. And um, I, I not going to make it look her, good, huh? Well, I tell you this: that's one thing we we never argue about is our wives taking care of the appearance of the house. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so, she's, I guess she's you got just it. go with the flow. I'm do, sure it looks do whatever great. She wants. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, here's a date that I want everybody to remember: October 27th through the 30th. October 27th through the 30th um, at uh, the Old Paths Historic Baptist Church in Tualatin, Oregon. I believe that's a suburb off of Portland. Um, the ELC will be hosting their Northwest Conference, and Pastor Dan Zyke will be the host pastor. I will be there with my whole family, along with Pastor Stephen Pauley and his whole family. Now, I, I don't remember which... What, what is the name of his church? Do you remember, Jason? Yes, Antioch Anabaptist Church there, and uh, it's in Antioch, New York, I believe. But, folks, you don't – if you're in the area – I mean, I know you've probably heard Pastor Furesi speak, and he's good and all that, whatever. Um, No, I'm just kidding, uh, Pastor. But uh, (laughs) if if you've never heard Brother Stephen Pauley preach, he had a a message at the meetings here in Union City that is still – resounding throughout the uh, ELC pastors. I just uh, a while back just sent out the links to the sound for that meeting to the ELC members and uh, and that was one of the most requested ones to get. If you have not heard Pastor Stephen Polly preach, you want to make time to get out there to Tualatin, Oregon and uh, and hear him preach. And of course you are going to be out there as well, Pastor Anthony. And uh, it's a church you know well, but you haven't been to their new building yet. It is no. absolutely fantastic. The only church I've ever seen with a mastodon tusk in the back. That just for me. Well, you know me, I'm kind of science oriented anyway. That was just, yeah. that was icing on the cake of the whole trip. I actually got to preach in a church that has a real mastodon tusk in the back of the room while I'm preaching. That was fantastic. Yeah, that that is cool, and, and I know which building it is. I've actually driven by it. Dan showed me uh, the building, and he said that we never actually went inside, but he said that he said was going to be his future meeting place for the Old Pass Historic Baptist Church. Pastor Dan Zyke's doing a great job up there in Tualatin, Oregon, by the way, folks. And um, you want to look him up. If you're in the area, you want a lordship pastor, pastor that stands on the King James Bible and also believes that the church ought to be under the lordship of Jesus Christ. He's the guy. And uh, well, let we... me say this too, Pastor. He just flat out loves Jesus. Yes. All right. If you want a pastor that has a love for Jesus Christ and his book and the principles of the Word of God, that's Pastor Dan. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and ladies, if you ever get arrested and thrown in prison up there in um, <laughs> up near Tualatin, Oregon, they have a wonderful ministry up there, and they're doing a great <laughs> job. They're seeing people saved every week, Jason. So, ladies, hey, you are know, you going to get to go up there? Are you going to get to go to the prison while you're there, or have you yes. been before? No, I have not. The last time we were supposed to go to the prison, but there was a massive storm that ran through the area, and Jason, the electricity went out at the prison. And so they would not allow anybody to come in to preach that night. And so we got stuck, um, not preaching there. But uh, all of our documents are in. We're going to be, Lord willing, preaching at the prison while we're there. So this time, Lord willing. Well, I am not, we'll see. I am not overstating that that was a pivotal uh, thing in my ministry was to be able to preach in that lady's prison. What a response. I've never had a standing ovation when I made a point in one of my sermons before. <laughs> wow. Amen. Just, they were just really, they were taking it in, taking in the Word of God. It was fantastic. I'll but uh, folks, you want to make sure you get up there to Tualatin, in Oregon for the meetings. What are the dates on those meetings, Pastor? That's October 27th through the third, uh, 30th, and um, that's, I believe it is a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Saturday mornings when's the last, when's, it is when the last sermons will be preached, and then okay. there will be services at Sunday as well. So um, you want to be a part of all that? Good time to be doing something for God on Halloween night. You can skip Halloween and, and uh, be a part of the work of God up there. So Tualatin, Oregon, the Old Paths Historic Baptist Church. Um, look it up online. He's got a website. He's got all the information there. If you need a place to stay, chat with Pastor Zyke, and he'll try to help you out there. Lots of good preaching. Our family's going to go up to sing. We've got a lot of good songs we've prepared, and uh, I'm looking forward to being with Brother Pauly. It's going to be great. So be there, folks. Be there. And, and we, we, I know we took a lot of time on this, but we wanted to really promote Pastor Dan Zyke as well. Good, godly man and uh, faithful. faithful. Good to brother. Good pastor. Yeah. Yeah, if you're in the Portland area, folks, and you can't find a church, you ain't looking hard enough. There you go. You're just not looking hard enough. We just gave you a good one. And uh, you'll love his wife, you'll love his children, and you most certainly will love his preaching. So uh, don't miss it. Don't miss it. October 26th or 27th through the 30th. All right, Jason, uh, one of the things we were talking about um, was uh, just the ungratefulness of Colin Kaepernick. And uh, I know it doesn't really, it's not significant in the grand scheme of things, but it is indicative of the condition of the nation. And uh, it shows us exactly um, where we're at. First Timothy 3 tells us this is what we're to expect. How can a man be so ungrateful making millions? All right? He's just ungrateful. That's it, bottom line. And you profess Christ, well, you... Uh, you're you're free game here. We're going after your hide. But um, oh, he's totally verse five there in in Second Timothy chapter three anyway. Yeah, so he, absolutely. He's have he has a form of godliness, but he not, denies the power thereof. And it tells us to do this with them from such turn away. Yep, absolutely. Uh, I had another article, and I, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but uh, it's about this 12-year-old girl who's a hunter. Uh, she shoots African animals, and uh, she you know she gets a lot of photo ops and. Uh, I'm a hunter. I love seeing this type of stuff. I don't mind her hunting. I don't care if she's holding the heart of the animal. It doesn't bother me. Now, some of you guys, you know, it's all about the meat and, you know, we don't, we're not trophy hunters. Whatever. Oh, stop Yeah, it. I'm kind of that way, so I'll debate okay. you on this one day, but go yeah, ahead. Fine, You're fine. Introducing I don't care. I, I just right. don't have a problem with this, but the responses this young 12-year-old has received was they want to kill her. 
I mean, these people are just, they want to kill her. Well, we hope somebody kills you and stuffs you, which is not what's being done out there in Africa. They do spend lots of money for these hunts. I'd never spend that kind of money, but they do. That money also goes into the economy. And if it doesn't, I don't care. All right. But they call the animals. That's C-U-L-L. Culling is to, because uh, they don't allow any of the hunting to go on for their people. They only give it to the rich folks. And so what they do is they call the animals because otherwise they'd eat all the resources. They do. Any hunter knows that. And then the animal actually goes to the people. They don't even keep the meat. It goes to the people. They eat the animal, so on and so forth. But that's neither here nor there. This girl is being just, I mean, they're ripping her, ripping her to pieces online. They're yeah. calling her things so vile and filthy. They want her dead. And I remember that doctor that shot that lion, and then Jimmy Kimmel gets on his late-night show and cries over the death of the lion. I'm going to tell you something right now. Ah, yes, you, are, you are a wuss guy. I'm going to I just yeah, – what is wrong with people? Millions of babies are being murdered in the womb, all right? Babies, little children killed, all right? Black people are killing themselves by the thousands in the inner cities. They're blowing each other to pieces, and they're after this little girl for killing an animal and making it a photo op. I say good on you to the girl. I really do. You know, good for you. I, I don't have a problem with that. If I could have shot a giraffe, I would shoot a giraffe. I would. There you go. Call me a sicko, but I would shoot a giraffe. I love it. And I'd take a picture, and if I could stuff it, I'd bring it home and put it on the wall, although I don't have a place to put it. I wouldn't know where to do it. I know of some guys that have done that. I just don't have the money to waste on something like that. All right, But the Bible says the condition of the nation and the end days, and it's not just the nation but the world, is that they would be without natural affection. All right? Uh, a mama can spend all her money on herself and totally disregard her children, you know, and not even care. She'll be all about right. her career while her children are being raised by little homos in these daycare centers. Sure. And, and they don't care. That's without natural affection. They will persecute this girl for shooting a giraffe and even holding its heart in its hand. Okay? Bloody hands. And they'll say, oh, you know, we hope somebody does that to you, while little babies are being ripped from the womb. That's without natural affection. That tells us we're in the last days. And this is perilous. We're in a perilous time. And that's because the nation has forgotten God. I, 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 Jason, I don't know if you remember, there was an old 80s movie, and I hate to bring pop culture into it, but I'm going to do it, and you guys call me super or unspiritual. I don't care. Anyways, it was an 80s movie, I think it was called Red Dawn, where the, the country was attacked by the Soviets. And the boys had to go to the forest, and they had to hunt. And then they killed an animal, and they pulled the heart out, and they said, now this is the ritual, you've got to bite the heart. I, do, do, you, do you remember seeing that movie? This was back I do. in the 80s, man. And, yeah, I, and I remember yeah. thinking about it. I, it was, it's just like, all right, that's your tradition. Now, I know you guys, you're, you're gonna, it'll upset you and all that, but it just didn't bother me. It's hunting. It's the way it is. I've never bitten the heart of an animal, but it doesn't bother me. What bothers me is when they rip babies out of wombs. That's what bothers me. What bothers me is when some ungrateful worm-making million sits when the national anthem is played when he has benefited from the national anthem from this country. That's what bothers me. Boys hunting out in the wilderness, killing an animal, and making a ritual out of eating a part of the animal. It just, it just 
doesn't bother me. The Humane Society said that they don't have a problem with hunting, but they think this is going way beyond. This is abnormal. This is sick. This is, I, you know what? I've just, I, you know, I, Humane Society, you've lost my support. You're not getting a dime oh, from let me. me. Let me point this out. The Humane Society International is different than your local Humane Society. I just wanted to point that out. They're not yeah, the same you're right. organization. You're right. Okay, you're right. I should, I should, we, I'm glad you pointed that out. I'm sure that there are good local organizations. All right. But I, I just, these people are absolutely clueless. Hunting has always been a biblical thing. It's always been a part of the balance of uh, um, your God's creation. Yeah, we're carnivores. Hunting is kind of necessary. I'm not going to eat animals live, so you kind of got to kill them first. But we are in a in a uh, shrink wrapped, prepackaged, you know, dye uh, injected society where people think that are they they're almost surprised to see that meat comes from animals. And with everything that's going on now, you know, the people for people to rise up and say, "Ah, she shot a giraffe." It's like, really, seriously? I mean, you've got you got babies dying every day. The hypocrisy of it all, of it all, it is, is the it? way animals are treated when they go to the slaughterhouse, you know. And people don't have a problem buying the steaks and and what have you. Of course, there are some that are they're vegetarians, and uh, you know they they've made this stand that we'll not eat any animals. Listen, I don't have a problem if you're a vegetarian because of health reasons, because I know there's a lot of hormones in meat. But if you're a vegetarian because you're trying to stand for against the cruelty of animals, you're wasting your time. You have you are without natural affection. I do not like to see the way some of these uh, farms, because of greed, breed their animals, where they've got all these chickens oh, crammed into cages. Yeah, I, I don't like to see We that. have those. They're called CAFOs. They're, yeah. uh, they're, they're factory farms. They're called CAFOs. We have them all in our area. And it's really, it's, uh, you can't say it's inhumane because they're not human. You don't want to humanize the animals. Yeah. But we ought to be better stewards over God's creation than to do disgusting, horrible things like that. Yeah, and yet they no want doubt. to say that, you know, you running through the woods and shooting a deer and, uh, and eating that deer is somehow inhumane. And yet they're okay with going and picking up, uh, uh, you know, package of hamburger meat from a yeah. CAFO. Seriously, that's a problem right there. It's, it's, it's without natural affection. But even in light of that, Jason, okay, so, so you got these chickens. They're all crammed in. They're being fed to the point where they can't even walk. It's disgusting what they do to these animals. That's wrong, okay? It's wrong. But I, in light of human, humanity, I don't care. I just don't care. You're killing babies. They're animals. Care. That's right. We're, we're humans. They're, those are animals. So um, we should not worship the, the creature, and that's exactly what's going on there. Yeah, but you notice in Romans 1, when he, he, he talks about them worshiping the creature more than the creator, he connects it directly to homosexuality. Yeah, the, the truth. The sodomy. Yeah, I mean, hand in hand, we have sodomy walking with this worship of God's creation. It goes hand in hand. And, and you, Christians, you've got to be careful of this. I remember uh, uh, um, my dad's church, they had a Christian uh, a family that they called themselves Christians, but my dad exposed this, um, 
this idolization of the wolves. I don't know if you've seen how the uh, animal activists have tried to reintroduce the Mexican gray wolf and, oh and the my, wolf stuff yes. and, and to Yellowstone. And, you know, they have you know, feelings too, all that stuff. And so what they did was they showed that this was all propaganda. And uh, it's not true. Wolves have always been killers. Wolves will decimate a whole, they'll decimate your, your cattle, your livestock. They'll kill it all. They'll kill everything. All right, that's just the way they are. And so I don't have a problem with the extinction of wolves. It just doesn't bother me. Animals go extinct. Sometimes they get hunted into extinction. That's the way it is sometimes. But babies in the womb, that problem, that's a problem. Uh, boys kissing each other, that's a problem. Girls getting yep. married to each other, that's a problem. That's without natural affection. I don't care if all the wolves go, and go extinct. It don't bother me. Look, have you ever seen a coyote with a mother uh, who's about who's delivering her her fawn? You got a doe delivering her fawn. A coyote will walk mm-hmm. up, mm-hmm. and as she's in labor and the baby is coming out, that coyote will eat that fawn while the mother is too weak to do anything about it. I I don't care if the coyotes get shot down. That doesn't bother me. I, it, but even if the ant, the fawn was eaten, even that is not as important as humanity today. And Christians, you better get a grip on this one. Of course, everybody's being raised right now to think of the Wild Kingdom as some sort of uh, Disney film where all the animals talk and get along (laughs) and it's just the big bad humans that come in and mess the place up. And so they've got this idea in their minds that Cecil the lion, he had a name. He was so sweet. And that mean Dennis shot him down. Lions have been the scourge of mankind since the fall. They are uh, horrific beasts and creatures. And yeah, he yeah. shot them. So he shot a lion. So you shoot a wolf. Oh my goodness. Wolves used yeah. to terrorize humans for yeah. millennia after the fall. And uh, and now suddenly everything is just like a Disney uh, movie. It's ridiculous. Time, time for people to grow up, but it's not going to happen. People are going to keep getting worse and worse. That's true, and and I think sometimes Christians actually reveal how much Disney has an influence on them. You know, children's films are actually leading the way in influence of adults. You know, realize your dreams, and man in the forest, and yeah, come on, guys. When I was a child, I spake as a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. Disney has always been a source of propaganda to go contrary to God's laws, common sense, and even the United States of America. You say, why are we talking about this? That's just to wake Christians up. Our nation is being turned into hell because they forgot God. They forgot God. So stop watching football and go shoot animals. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Right there. That's the first conclusion. And coming up next with New World Order Info, Melissa Roxanne, you don't want to miss it. See you next week.
because their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
Covenanters, good evening and welcome to the Covenanters Call. This is Pastor Mike Hoover, and we are broadcasting live from cool and windy southern Indiana, and we welcome you to the program this evening. We are a Bible call-in question and answer program. The number here at AVR, 1-800-932-1980. That's 1-800-932-1980. If you'd like to call in on the local line, that number there is 541-826-0953. 541-826-0953. And if you have a question concerning the information we're dealing with or whatever your Bible question might be, uh, feel free to give us a call here this evening, American Voice Radio. Appreciate the folks in the chat room, about a half a dozen or so of us in there. And uh, if you'd like some stimulating conversation, you come on into the AVR chat room, and uh, you can uh, commensurate with a number of people there from different parts of the country. Every once in a while, we have people outside this country come into the chat room, but it's always good. It's always interesting. We encourage you to do that as well. Well, we had a great time with the people of Faith Baptist Church down there in Edderville, Missouri, about 20 miles west of Jeff City, Missouri there. The state capitol spent the week there last week. The family camp began on Monday evening and ran through Friday morning. And Pastor Shea Carpenter and the people there did a wonderful job. Uh, we were able to hear from eight different speakers and uh, just had a great time. And we plan on going there every year. Uh, we appreciate the fact that... Uh, they have that camp. That's about the 10th or 12th year they've had it, and we had a wonderful time. So that's where we were last week. Now, Lord willing, here in just about a week and a half or so, uh, we plan on traveling up to Appleton, Wisconsin, and we'll be there with Pastor Ken Griesbach and the people of his church. Uh, my son, Pastor Keith Hoover, from uh, up there in Union City, Indiana, Cornerstone Historic Baptist Church, and myself will be preaching there. A family conference is going to begin uh, the 7th of October, that evening, that Friday evening, and at 6 and 7 p.m., uh, we'll have opportunity there to do some speaking. Uh, on Friday night, Keith and I are going to be dealing with biblical parenting and uh, mine from the perspective of the old guy that's been there and everybody's moved out, and Keith from the perspective of uh, being there. There will be a men's breakfast on Saturday morning. The ladies will have a brunch. And then Saturday evening, we're going to deal with courtship. What the Bible has to say about that, and at 6 p.m., Lord willing, I'll be dealing with it from the parent's perspective, and then at 7 p.m., our son will deal with it from uh, the perspective of experience and the testimony that he has in going through it. Then Sunday, 10 a.m., uh, we're going to deal with finances. That'll be me speaking. And 11 a.m., Pastor Keith Hoover will be speaking on education of children. And then, Lord willing, that night, Sunday, 6 p.m., uh, I'll be dealing with grandparenting and what the Bible has to say about that. So if you happen to be up there in the Appleton, Wisconsin area, we would certainly love to meet you. We'll give you more information, more specifics, Lord willing, uh, next Tuesday night here on the Covenanters Call. But uh, we would appreciate your prayers, and uh, I know that uh, we're looking forward to a good time up there with the people there in Appleton. Uh, be our first trip up in Wisconsin. We're kind of looking forward to it. Um, remember to be in prayer for little Helen Rose, young lady, uh, six years old, dealing with uh, leukemia. And in the long, drawn-out process of, of trying to deal with that thing, my wife had opportunity to go with she and her mother uh, on yesterday for her treatment. lasted nearly all day. My wife was gone from about 7 in the morning till about 8 at night, so it's a long process. So we'd appreciate your prayers for her and also for our friend Shelby. Uh, she lives in uh, the middle of Pennsylvania there, and she is dealing with a cancer issue as well. Folks, there's cancer everywhere, 
and it makes you stop and think, or you should, about where it's coming from. Watch what you eat. Please be careful about what you eat. Now, once again, we appreciate folks listening on KU Satellite Band, uh, their Galaxy 19 Transponder 23 Frequency 12115, and all the other folks that may be listening through download or uh, on regular stations as well. Hello to our friends uh, out there in northern New Mexico. And all of our friends across this country got a dear friend there up in the state of Washington. He's usually listening, probably working, driving truck tonight. Has his own broadcast on here, and uh, we look forward to always uh, commensurating with him as well. But uh, hello to everybody out there, to our friend Deborah and others that we're praying for. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in. Now, we've been dealing with the issue of tyranny and the results of tyranny and the fact that the United States of America, friend, is descending into tyranny. Now, I want you to remember that the last time we were together, we were talking about uh, the, the inconsistencies of our society and the pagan principles that we see as a result of our direction going away from the things of God and going in the direction of tyranny. Friends, you know, if it were physically possible to insert a steel 15-inch automobile wheel rim inside the human earlobe, we're so pagan today that probably some American would try to do it. All manner of items are seen stuck to, through, and in the body parts of Americans these days. Now, friends, based upon what the Bible teaches, it's nothing more than pure heathen pagan. It confirms the fact that our nation is a nation of idolatry. Idolatry is the worship of gods other than the one true God. The God in America these days is man. The religion behind this God is humanism. Men and women worship themselves, and one way of showing this self-worship is through self-mutilization. It's a form of sensual lust to sensate one's body through marks, foreign objects, cuttings, scars, and other grotesque deformations which are not God-created aspects of the physical human body. Can you understand that the heathen pagan practice of body mutilizing is an affront to God who made each of us in his image. Idols and idolatry demand human mutilization. By the way, this is a form of violence. It is doing violence against the body. Ancient pagans and Roman Catholic monks used to do it to themselves all the time, beating and whipping themselves to inflict the, or excuse me, to afflict the flesh. Why? In order to please or to placate or to satisfy a pagan idol or a god. Heathen pagan tribes in South America and Africa still today mark their bodies in order to gain some approval or favor or power with their many gods. Certainly the God of the Bible would require no such thing. And of course, a third telling evidence of the idolatry which engenders heathenism, paganism, is violence. Actual violence in all its forms characterizes today's America. The most repugnant to God is baby murder. This form of violence is government-sponsored, legalized, and protected by societal mores and the courts of the land. It is funded by the taxes that all taxpayers pay. Baby murder is idolatry because the murderers demonstrate the worship of themselves 
through the murder of their children, pure humanism, pure idolatry. Out of a desire for convenience to the idol, the person, the mother, or the father of the victim, the murder is committed. It's sort of an offering or a satisfaction to the idol, to man. Most Christians are too far gone into compromise to even begin to understand that baby murder is violence in the extreme. They're also too apathetic to make anything of it. Their church pews are made cozy and warm by the smarmy, stale, vain, compromising preaching which emanates from their pulpits. But the violence which characterizes America is far-reaching and many-faceted. Yes, we endure a thing we call violent crime. There are many so-called crimes which are titled violent. And what punishment do those who commit violent crimes collect to themselves? Well, mostly it's jail time. Surely the punishment does not match the crime. That's a result of the lack of judgment and justice as per the Old Testament Jewish culture. We've got it too. In America, the punishment seldom matches the crime. Expressing violence because of sensual lust, and that's the motive behind most violence, is a sin. In her desire to do away with sin, America renames the sin of violence as a crime or as a psychological issue. Worse, the violence is catered to. It's encouraged. It's honored. It's lifted up, trained and educated for, made legal and acceptable in our society across the board. From video games to sports to many other forms of entertainment to movies and TV shows to the growing gangster subculture to the military ethos and mindset to the law enforcement ethos and mindset to the denigration of women. I'm not a women's liver. That whole idea is a fraud perpetrated by the devil. To victimizing of children after their birth. To the treatment of our elderly. To the vast and virulent underground culture of pedophilia. Characterized through many different things. and Child kidnapping and child pornography. Violence in one form or another shows up in all these social arenas. But no one, even most Christians, calls it what it is. Sin and iniquity. In fact, we mostly just ignore it. How is violence a form or facet of idolatry? It is idolatry because the idol, that'd be mankind, and his nature, the lasciviousness, the sensual desire for physical pleasure, appeasement and thrills, requires it. There's a trite saying from the so-called revolution of the 60s, which epitomizes this idolatry of the flesh. And here it is. If it feels good, do it. You see, to the perpetrator of violence, it feels good. It feels good physically. And like a drug, it feels good in the wicked, sin-defiled soul. We read about these things in 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 5. And I'll give you the idea of this multifaceted, feel-good violence which overflows today's American society. In the last days, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, 
blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. When you visit a large American city, you are in the place to be experiencing these perilous times spoken of by Paul in that passage there in 2 Timothy. Those 19 characteristics which today are present within our society constitute the foundation for our American idolatry. Violence is only the function of all those things as they operate within our society in an unchecked manner. Americans lust after, seek for, gravitate toward, and greatly desire the presence and satisfaction of those 19 characteristics within our culture and society. Yes, friends, the times are perilous, and these perilous times are creating the foundation for the coming tyranny in America. They will facilitate the tyranny. Understand what perilous means. Well, where lies the blame? The devil's conspiracy is the bottom line culprit, but there are many variations on the theme which are manufactured by the conspiracy in order that idolatry and the violence which accompanies it may reign in America. Let's investigate one of these variations. It is called apostasy. Apostasy, friend, leads to idolatry almost directly, and it leads to the inevitable end of tyranny, which is violence and self-destruction. Now, let's define the term so we're all understanding what has been and is happening. America is apostate. Apostasy is the public abandoning of religious faith, especially Christianity. For another faith, a definition is from the New Lexicon Webster's Dictionary of the English Language. Now, certainly America has publicly abandoned the Christian faith, which once characterized her. We're not foolish enough to claim that all of America, that is every American, was once Christian. But in her early years of existence, America was known to the world as a Christian nation. She upheld and followed in the main the fundamental principles of Christianity. There was a significantly Christian segment of her population which influenced the godly direction of early America, and therefore God blessed her. But beginning early in her career, among the nations of the earth, America fell under the weakening power and influence of Lucifer, Isaiah 14, verse 12. And from that time on, he has led her step by step away from God away from pronounced Christianity, and into the apostasy she now presents to the world. Remember with me, the three primary ingredients of apostasy. Number one, public abandonment of faith. Number two, Christianity as being abandoned. And number three, adherence to another faith. Remember also that apostasy leads to idolatry which leads to violence, which for illustrative purposes accompanies tyranny. 
Now, the apostasy in America is so rampant, so entrenched, so common, and so accepted and mainstream that to expose it, calling it apostasy, would likely be considered radical and insane and un-American by most that hear it. How do you think that Noel was thought of and referred to by the truly apostate society in which he lived after he began to build the ark? What kind of reaction among his contemporaries do you think Noah experienced as he preached righteousness, 2 Peter 2, verse 5, and warned them of the coming end of the world unless they repented and turned back to God? No doubt his siblings and his neighbors told Noah he was a kook, a crackpot, out of touch with reality, a truth denier, disloyal and, and unpatriotic, a troublemaker, a pot stirrer, a nutcase. And would Noah have been referred to in this way because his friends and neighbors and relatives were expressing their opinions in mockery to God? I doubt it. I believe that they really, truly believe the bad things they may have said to Noah. I believe that the earth's population had been so deceived by Lucifer, Satan, the devil, that they really thought they were okay in the sight of God, and that Noah was the weird one. And I believe that today's American population is in the same sad spot intellectually, spiritually, and religiously as were Noah's contemporaries. Noah's people would have flat denied that their apostasy was there. So will Americans today deny their apostasy. But friends, denial of the truth does not change or eradicate the truth. America is apostate. She has been led to the place of apostasy over many decades of time by the devil using his willing, deceived, satanic minions, men and women who do his bidding, who work his conspiracy. They, his helpers, were and are the first apostates, and they are the apostates of the first order. That is, the ones who are given the best seats in the house, the greatest public notoriety, the loudest and most prominent public forum from which to teach and preach their apostasy. Apostasy often begins with the society's leaders, political and religious. Then it trickles down to the common folk, the every Sunday pew warmers, the children's Sunday school classes, the Bible colleges and seminaries. Thereafter, it finds its way into the mainstream society, changing, modifying, altering, and morphing the general mindset of society at large and of religious society specifically. Soon, and before society knows it, they are thinking the way the devil wants them to think about religion and spiritual things and ideas and concepts. That's how it happened in America. Peter refers to these things as afflictions in 1 Peter 5 and verse 9. America's most recent sprint into apostasy was spurred on and facilitated by the devil's attack upon God's word. The basis for this attack was and has been the invasion of pseudo-man-made Bibles, beginning with the American Standard Version, America's copy of the Devil's Bible of 1881, the English Revised Version. 
The Westcott and Hort Perversion Committee in the married Old England was the cauldron for which, or from which, almost every man-made version of the real Bible has slithered since 1881. The so-called critical text, that one that's based upon the work and influence of Westcott and Hort, which has erupted as cancerous lesions within the body of Christianity since 1881, has produced ever-debauched Bible translations. Truly, friends, these multitudinous Bible versions constitute only a gaggle of caricatures of the real Bible, the King James translation. They are artificial Bibles. Accompanying the changing of God's Word to men's words, in this new avalanche of new Bible translations came doctrines of devils, 1 Timothy 4.1. These doctrines, subtly sown among Christianity in America, were backed up by and through the distortion and twisting and perverting of God's Word in the new Bible versions. These perverted Bibles, which support doctrines of devils, were the scriptural, quote-unquote, basis for apostate movements such as the neo-Orthodoxy, evangelicalism, and neo-evangelicalism, modernism, and liberalism. Once Americans became inured and habituated to the changing of God's word into men's words through the new Bibles, and the doctrines of devils spread through these new movements, then it also became easier for the devil to openly and brazenly reinterpret God's word, the King James Bible, on its face. An example is the corruption of the King James Bible by and through the burgeoning charismatic movement. Still, the replacement of the real Bible, the King James Bible, by the pretend man-made Bibles is the devil's immediate and temporary goal regarding the holy writings of God. The turning away from God's word to man's word, posing as God's word, is an example of apostasy. Apostasy is the public repudiation of the Christian faith. To abandon the real word of God for men's words, posing as God's word, is to publicly repudiate the faith which was once delivered to the saints, Jude verse 3. Jude also provides us a scathing description of these ones who have slithered into the churches. The faith which was once delivered to the saints is the doctrines found in the King James Bible. Those doctrines have been excised from the new so-called Bibles and replaced with doctrines of devils which are spread abroad being called God's word by the minions of the devil. This is apostasy. These minions are human men and women who are the sub-operators of the devil's grand conspiracy. These men and women are whom Paul the Apostle describes in 2 Corinthians 11 verse 15 as his, speaking of the devil's ministers, transformed as the ministers of righteousness. These men and women are the sub-operators of the devil's grand conspiracy, whom Jude refers to in verse 4 of his book as certain men crept in unawares, spots in your feasts of charity, when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds are, they are, they are without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth, without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame, wandering stars, 
to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Jude verses 12 and 13. These people belong to the devil. Now, friends, we're about to go to break here on the Covenanters call. I encourage you to stay tuned as we continue our study of America's descent into tyranny. Uh, there are some things that you really need to hear this evening and in the future broadcasts as well as we deal with this particular subject. You stay tuned to the Covenanters call. from if the power is out for an extended period of time? I'd like to suggest Numana Foods, a family-owned business with a passion for food quality and taste, as well as long-term storage reliability. Numana.com. Check them out for your family's health and security. Food so good tasting and good for you, it can be eaten every day. Standard buckets are GMO-free, contain no aspartame, high fructose corn syrup, autolyzed yeast extract, chemical preservatives, or soy. You can be confident your Numana meals will be there for you and your family when you need them during an emergency. Numana.com, a nutritionally healthy way to prepare for any disaster. That's Numana.com. N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. You just defended yourself with a gun. The police are called and you're potentially involved in a homicide, but it was self-defense. At this point, you are not in your right mind. No one ever is when they are in fear for their life and defend themselves. Anything you say can and will be used in a court of law, both civilly and criminally. Fortunately, you have SelfDefenseFund.com. We are the National Association for Legal Gun Defense, and we protect our members nationally in all 50 states, up to $1 million per incident per member. Let us do the talking for you and visit SelfDefenseFund.com. Any weapon, any state, any time.
have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Once again, Pastor Mike Hoover, we are broadcasting live from southern Indiana. Our call-in number, 1-800-932-1980. We would love to hear from you this evening, but if not, we're just going to keep on preaching. Uh, We appreciate the folks in the chat room. Special hello to the watchmen there. Uh, Believe it or not, watchmen, after our services on Sunday, I walked out in the parking lot, and there stood your brother. And it was good to see your older brother there. But a special hello to LT and Nunya and uh, John Galt withdraws consent and and uh, Frank and anyone else that may be in there. It's always a blessing to have folks in there. Listen, let me encourage you this week to be a supporter of American Voice Radio. You have that opportunity uh, right there on the, the page of the website. And I can't think of money any better spent than that. <clears throat> Excuse me, a lot of upkeep that needs to be done there. And, uh, you know, Frank is basically chained by the leg to the desk there, and uh, he has to take care of all those computers and keep all that information flying through and and, and deal with Al from Colorado so uh, you can understand what a difficult job he has. But uh, I would encourage you to do that. We'd love to hear from you this week. Excuse me while I take a drink there. And uh, you can write to me, Pastor Mike Hoover, 2569. North State Highway 337, Orleans, Indiana, 47452. Uh, you can drop me an email, themuggyone at cleanenter.net, T-H-E-M-O-G-O-L-L-O-N at C-L-E-A-N-I-N-T-E-R.net, or give us a phone call at number 812-653-5578. Uh, Lord willing, if we have time at the end of the broadcast, I'll remind you of our trip up into uh, the state of Wisconsin, Lord willing, a week from this coming weekend, and uh, we'd love to meet any of you folk that are up there. We're talking about tyranny and America's descent into tyranny. We mentioned there Jude verses 12 and 13, uh, the people here that belong to the devil. We see these men and women pose as Christians. You've met people like that, right? Deceiving and being deceived, as Paul warned us, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, Deceiving and being deceived, 1 Timothy 3 and uh, verse 13. Now, folks, Paul was not speaking of openly godless 
atheistic men of the world. He was identifying men posing as Christians, men in high places among the churches who have both the position and the wherewithal to deceive, even their own selves being deceived. Jude, in speaking of these as men who have crept in unawares, was not speaking of godless men of the world. No, he was warning us of men posing as Christians who crept into the churches, ensconcing themselves in places and positions of significance in order that they might deceive, leading Christians into the apostasy which now characterizes American Christianity. What do you think? Are these deceivers among us today? Where are they? Are there any in your church? Is it possible that some of these deceivers might themselves be saved, born again, true believers in Jesus Christ? Well, I would have to say, yes, it is. I don't know their hearts. Only they and God the Holy Spirit know their hearts. But surely many of these deceivers, maybe most of them, are lost men and women only posing as Christians. Read the book of Jude. Read 2 Corinthians 11, verse 15 again. The people described by God in these verses are lost people, God-haters, minions of the devil. Many of them whose names and reputations we know are only ministers of the devil, made to appear as ministers of righteousness. Who are they? Is it a secret? Well, not really. But most Christians who may have influence over other Christians in these days of the apostasy, the falling away, are loathed to name names. Names such like such as Jesse Jackson that's just been mentioned in the chat room, a man that uh, calls himself a pastor. I've never known a church that he pastored, but calls himself a reverend, and nobody's reverend but God himself, but an example of an individual that does it for their own sake. Well, most people, as I said, are loathe to name names. Perhaps it's because they fear being wrong and therefore casting aspersions upon other true Christians wrongfully. Perhaps it's because they're just plain fearful. Perhaps they're confused in their wrong-headed idea that it's not godly. Or showing Christian charity to accuse a deceiver of being a deceiver. Or a heretic of being a heretic. Or an apostate of being an apostate. Perhaps they're shy to name names for the sake of money or they fear the loss of their only influence. Paul the Apostle named names. Friend, what good is it to admit that there are false teachers and heretics and apostates and deceivers among us plying their wicked trade if we don't identify them? If we just keep it a secret, hoping that those who are being deceived by these empty clouds may one day wake up and smell the coffee before it's too late. That, my friend, is cowardice. Is it not earnestly contending for the faith? No, it's not. It's not have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Ephesians 5, verse 11. You will seldom, rarely, or maybe never hear a pastor preach these verses in the context 
in which they are written in the Bible. That's very sad. One reason the apostasy rumbles on like the devil's juggernaut is because true Christians refuse to stand up and expose it, denounce it, decry it, and condemn it. Why? Because to do those things would require naming names. And we are loath to name names, are we not? Well, Lord willing, I'm not. Well, who am I? Friends, I'm a nobody in today's vast sea of Christianity. But I will name names. You may agree. You may disagree. You may be amused or scoff or be offended or weep or become angry or turn aside. That's between you and the Lord. What's between me and the Lord is that I must call a false Christian a heretic and a deceiver by his name if I believe that he is such a person. After all, it's kind of getting late in the game, don't you think? Idolatry, paganism, and violent self-destruction have been sown deep into the present-day American society. They are now, and increasingly so, beginning to manifest themselves in ways and manners which will soon be irreversible. We've talked about a few examples. Apostasy is certainly part of the mix. Well, how so? Well, friend, because apostasy will lead us to accept a new faith. And the devil intends for that new faith to be one of his choosing and his manufacture. That faith, devil worship, will be the undoing of America. Let's consider something else. According to Paul, the apostle, the revelation of the Antichrist, the beast, will be preceded by the falling away, the apostasy. The revelation of the Antichrist is in the end of those end days. That means, then, that the falling away begins before the Antichrist is revealed and continues right up to the time that he is revealed. Is the falling away an end time, a last days phenomena? Well, surely it is. If we are in the midst of the falling away right now, then we're also living in the end times, the last days. There should be an urgency among Christians, therefore, to understand and prepare for and beware of the coming hard times of religious persecution against believers in Jesus Christ. What do we see? Well, we see yawning, apathetic, slumbering, misdirected, misguided, deceived Christians are too unconcerned to be alert to their very own danger. Will what I have to say make a difference? Friends, I don't think a great awakening among Christians regarding the increased peril of the last days will result from my preaching. But no matter. My heart tells me it's my duty to inform Christians of the coming peril whether they understand, believe, and react or not. You see, friend, I can't sit idly by and do or say nothing. What you or others do with the information we're sharing is up to you. At least I will have done what God wants me to do. Apostasy is managed or directed through false doctrine being introduced by false teachers. Robert Schuller was a false teacher who promoted false doctrine. 
the most hurtful false doctrine he promoted was the false way to salvation. He may have learned or been deceived or latched onto this false doctrine of salvation from his mentor, Norman Vincent Peale, another false teacher. Essentially, Schuler's false doctrine regarding salvation is that a person may be saved by changing his self-image. This idea, this heresy, is a repudiation of the true doctrine of salvation. It is apostasy being taught and preached in public by a false teacher. Another false teacher and heretic, Billy Graham, agreed publicly with Robert Schuller that salvation is getting rid of excess baggage. Is that salvation? No, it is a doctrine of devils. 1 Timothy 4.1 Yes, friends, Billy Graham's a heretic. He's a false teacher. He's been a false teacher for many years. The claim that he once was, a, was very true to Scripture and taught only right doctrine has been invented by those people in high places who have the influence and ability to spread such lies. Graham has always taught false doctrine. Now, we know that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. And we also know that the devil has the ability to transform his ministers into ministers of righteousness. 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 15. Mr. Graham is one of those who have been transformed. He denies the literal burning and the eternality of a place of torment called hell. He promotes the lie that sincere Muslims may be saved. He promotes the lie that those who have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, nor ever heard his name, may be saved regardless. He promotes worldly living. He promotes the cult of Roman Catholicism. He associates with and calls Christian hundreds of modernist, liberal, heretical, and well-known so-called evangelical leaders. He once referred to the Pope of Rome as a great spiritual leader. If he truly believed that the Pope was a great spiritual leader, then he himself, that's Mr. Graham, was one of the deceived. Now, we could go on and on. Mr. Graham's life is replete with examples of apostasy, most of which have been covered up, ignored, or poo-pooed by those who have the society-influencing power to do so. To many Americans, Mr. Graham is the epitome of a Christian. What a shame. A little recent history of the worldwide apostasy is in order here. And I'll try to get through these. Four significant events occurred within the arena of so-called Christianity over the past year, 50 years that are noteworthy. They serve as indicators to America's turning from the truth. Apostasy involves repudiation of the truth and a turning toward falsehood. By the 1960s, the religious ideas held by most Americans had become sufficiently warped and perverted through the lies purveyed by neo-orthodoxy, evangelicalism, and neo-evangelicalism, that we were ripe for the next steps toward our national apostate condition. Uh, by the way, it is important to understand that the apostasy we are now in, a falling away as was prophesied by Paul the Apostle, is underpinned by its primary false doctrine, 
of repudiation of the true way of salvation. To further the worldwide apostasy and to fuel its further progress, especially in America, the devil invented a thing within the Roman Catholic cult religion commonly referred to as Vatican II. Vatican II was the unveiling of a Roman Catholic subterfuge under Pope John XXIII to accomplish two primary objectives. Number one, to reassert the fundamental Roman Catholic pagan antichrist doctrines. And number two, to create an outreach of, quote, brotherly love, end of quote, to Christian denominations in the spirit of togetherness. Under the Pope's guidance, Vatican II met from 1962 and sporadically until 1965. Now, it's been described as the Roman Catholic plan to emerge as a leader in world religions and, in so doing, to make its former repugnant self more acceptable to the world's population. By the way, in case you're unaware, the Catholic cult religion has been apostate since at least the 2nd century A.D. To further the goals of Vatican II, the devil invented through Pope John Paul II in 1986 the, quote, Day of World Prayer for Peace, end of quote. It took place in Assisi, Italy. The Roman Catholic Pope invited representatives from all the world's religions. They came and worshipped, that's in quotes, together. Christians, Muslims, animists, Sikhs, Buddhists, African witch doctors, New Agers, Hindus, and many more flooded to Assisi in 1986, all pledging to the Pope of Rome their commitment to world peace through ecumenical cooperation. Assisi was a great leap forward in the devil's conspiracy to bring about worldwide apostasy, a falling away. It was and is the Roman Catholic policy to be there to catch these apostates as they fall away. Fourteen years later, in 2000 AD, the devil used one of his ministers to bring to the Western world a further rendition of a CC. Listen to me now. Billy Graham organized and implemented a thing called Amsterdam 2000. It was a conclave of heathens professing and apostate Christians from over the globe meeting in Amsterdam, Holland. Over 10,000 so-called Christian evangelists and church leaders met at Graham's Amsterdam conclave to talk about, learn about, and discuss the theme of the conference. Are you ready for this? Unity in diversity. Sounds like a book our reigning president would write, doesn't it? The term unity in diversity is an oxymoron. And anyone who believes it is possible to achieve unity and diversity in a doctrinal sense under the guidance of the Holy Spirit is a moron. So what then was the true goal of Amsterdam 2000? It was to X out doctrine and to X out the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. In reality, the unity and diversity theme of Graham's Amsterdam 2000 conference was a grand effort 
to destroy the doctrine of Christ mentioned by John the Beloved in 2 John verse 9. Listen, whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. The doctrine of Christ states first and foremost that Jesus Christ, as God, is the Savior of the world. It includes his death, burial, and resurrection. It includes his atonement and propitiation for the sins of men. It includes his, and only his, perfect life, acceptable sacrifice, and required shed blood. It denies any form, fashion, or flirtation with works as part of salvation. At Amsterdam 2000, the doctrine of Christ was mocked and repudiated. Now, how do we know this? We know by understanding who some of the attendees and speakers were. We need to investigate just a few. What does John say? He declares that whosoever abides not in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. Many of the 10,000 people invited by Billy Graham to attend Amsterdam 2000 have not the doctrine of Christ. What about their gospel? Listen to God as he tells us about their gospel in Galatians 1.8. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Friends, God is absolutely not interested in unity, in diversity. Dr. Billy Graham, the organizer of Amsterdam 2000, had many speakers appear at that meeting. Some of them were, are apostates, false teachers, false prophets, minions of Lucifer, who changes his minister into ministers of righteousness, 2 Corinthians 11.15. One such speaker was John Stott. If I pronounced his name wrong, I really don't care. A member of the United Bible Society is a group dedicated to the destruction of God's Word. Mr. Stott disbelieves in a literal burning, everlasting punishment for the unbeliever. He believes instead in the false doctrine of annihilation. One of his fellow workers on the United Bible Societies is Roman Catholic Cardinal Arniz, who believes people can get to heaven without believing on Jesus Christ. Uh, a similar belief to one held by Billy Graham. Mr. Stott recommends what he calls full communion with the Roman Catholic Church. Mr. Stott strongly supports the communist-infiltrated National Council of Churches. Another of Graham's speakers was J.I. Packer, who's associated with Billy Graham's magazine, Christianity Today. Packer is a signer of the infamous document, Evangelicals and Catholics Together, which flatly calls for reunification of all so-called groups with the Roman Catholic cult, which will then become the end times version of the mother of harlots of the book of Revelation. Of course, these men were not the only apostates speaking at the Amsterdam 2000 conclave. There were many. For the sake of brevity, let me move on to a thing called the Alpha Course. Essentially, the Alpha Course is a soul exercise designed to place oneself in jeopardy to be possessed by the devil or by one of his evil angel minions. It's camouflaged in New Age and religious jargon, but it serves the devil. 
many American apostates, leaders for the rest of us to uh, into the falling away, are either graduates of the Alpha Course or supporters of. The Alpha Course was heavily influenced by the writer C.S. Lewis, who was a trench coat Roman Catholic, i.e. won by sentiment but not by persuasion. He also dabbled in the occult, that is, the idea that there exists a source and a quantum of secret mythical knowledge, and that those who possess this knowledge and understanding understand how to use it and are destined to influence and lead and eventually guide mankind. Such a belief is akin to the heresy of ancient Gnosticism. It's a fundamental New Age concept. The Alpha Course, an occult principle, was actually started in England by one Nicky Gumble of the Holy Trinity, Brompton Church. The Course was influenced greatly by the satanic, charismatic carryings-on of the so-called Toronto Blessing Movement, which was and is in its extreme manifestations of devil possession, expressed through the cynical names of holy laughter, laughing revival, and other ungodly outward physical manifestations. Well, friends, we're going to have to end there, begin next time. We'll continue talking about this Alpha Course and this meeting in Amsterdam, but this is the Covenanters Call. I'd love to hear from you again this week. Write to me, Pastor Mike Hoover, 2569, North State Highway 337 in Orleans, Indiana, 47452. Drop me an email, the muggy on at cleanenter.com. Net, T-H-E-M-O-G-O-L-L-O-N at C-L-E-A-N-I-N-T-E-R dot net. Or give me a phone call, that number 812-653-5578. I would certainly love to hear from you, and uh, we would love to uh, have an opportunity to talk with you. Give us a phone call there. Stay tuned for more great programming here on uh, American Voice Radio. You'll soon get to hear the superfluous, felicitous voice of the great one, Mr. Frank himself, as he comes on the airwaves, other programming to last as well. I appreciate you tuning into the broadcast. Remember to be praying for Shelby and Helen Rose as they battle against cancer. I hear the music. My time's up. Until we meet you again on the airwaves, may God bless you as our prayer.
worried about where your next meal will come from if the power is out for an extended period of time? I'd like to suggest Numana Foods, a family-owned business with a passion for food quality and taste, as well as long-term storage reliability. Numana.com. Check them out for your family's health and security. Food so good tasting and good for you, it can be eaten every day. Standard buckets are GMO-free, contain no aspartame, high fructose corn syrup, autolyzed yeast extract, chemical preservatives, or soy. You can be confident your Numana meals will be there for you and your family when you need them during an emergency. Numana.com, a nutritionally healthy way to prepare for any disaster. That's Numana.com. N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Dan. 
Greetings, saints, and welcome to the Messiah's Branch Prophecy Hour. We're broadcasting live from the Flint Hills of Kansas, and we're on the American Voice Radio Network. Today's date is September 29, 2016. the world is in turmoil. Most just don't realize it, but we are in that time of the end, and that's the time before Messiah's glorious return. So it's time to get out of sin, the world, and look to the holy city. Look to the one who suffered and died for you. Hear the sound of the shofar. Heed the warning. Get right now before it's too late. Please, please make this choice tonight. If you need help after this program, call me. I pray for you or with you. If you get the machine, please leave your name, your number, your prayer request, and or message. The phone number, of course, is 620-878-4682. And an emergency, my cell phone number is 316-619-4886. Now, you can always find updates with the breaking news, our ministry, radio program archives, our email address, and also our mailing address at our blog, which is very simply prophecyhour.com. Now, it is smartphone-friendly, but I re- and I realize that some people, though, they don't want, you know, to go over there and see the news and other things. And so if you're just on a smartphone and you just want to see the radio archives, a list of the programs, go to messiahsbranch.com. That's messiahsbranch.com, and you'll see what I mean. Um, you can also check out branch.podomatic.com. All these sites are smartphone-friendly. In fact, at branch.podomatic.com, they have an Apple app and a Google app so that you can get the programs through an app. Now, we're working on an app, and I'm pretty slow with things. You know, after all, I'm 61 years old. I, I do all these things for the ministry. won't give you a long story. But um, I could use some help making an app. If somebody is real good at these things and would like to help me out, email me, call me, text me, do something. And uh, remember, I'm real slow at texting back. It takes me a minute because I don't use a smartphone. I've got a flip phone because I figure if I want a computer in my pocket, I guess I can get a computer anyway. But anyway, I don't carry a computer in my pocket. So I use a, a flip phone, but I do get text messages, and you can text me on that. Anyway, I also challenge you to share these radio, radio programs with at least two or three other people. Remember, prayer requests can be sent by United States Postal and email with your return address and phone number uh, to call you back and return address because we take them to the Mission Church, we anoint them with oil and pray over them, and then we send them back to you by your request. And we do not use your address for any solicitation or donations at all whatsoever. And if you're like my wife, my wife says we just lose the address unless you tell us to keep it. Remember, we are a national satellite radio program, which is also simulcast live on the net internationally. So pray about supporting airtime, which, by the way, comes due on the Sabbath this week. Well, that's the first of the month. On another note, I want to thank our listener base, which is worldwide, like Bonn, Germany, Frankfurt, Germany. Speaking of Germany, the bank over there, they're talking about crashing. They told them to prepare for a national emergency a few weeks ago. 
We're watching that, and we're praying for you folks in Germany. But it could be a chain reaction going to the old world. Anyway, still thanking the people that are listening to us, like in South Africa, Brazil, Paris, France, London, Norway, and, of course, cities in the United States, such as Denver, Colorado, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, Portland, Oregon, Chandler, Arizona, Tampa, Florida, Toledo, Ohio, New Orleans, Louisiana, and all kinds of places down in Texas and all along the Canadian border, as well as Wichita, Kansas, which remains the largest group of listeners to our radio programs, at least when they go to podcasts later tonight. And remember, you folks that are over there in Wichita, pray about supporting Wichita Mission Church by bringing some blankets or some things, needful things. Now prayer will bring on tonight's guest. Dear Heavenly Father, in Yeshua HaMashiach's name, I pray. Father, I really pray that radio tonight goes according to your will and not my will or nor guest will, Father. Please give everyone out there ears in which to hear the truth. So please, Father, in Yeshua HaMashiach's name, bless this program tonight. Amen and amen. You know, so many Christians either ignore Bible prophecy or simply think, oh, yeah, the book of Revelation when you mention it. But there's so very, very, very much more to the word than that. One place is the book of Daniel, and the prophecies referred to as Daniel's 70 weeks. In fact, he, um, our guest says, Daniel 9 and the prophecy of the 70 weeks is a subject which is dear to my heart. Hmm. Tonight's guest is William Strews, who is, I guess I pronounced that right, I'll ask him, who is a follower of a Yeshua. He is a husband, father, author, and blogger. His writings reflect a lifelong interest in biblical history and biblical prophecy. William is the author of two books on Bible prophecy and three novels. He resides in southern Arizona with his love, love Winnie, and their five children. So tonight, we're going to call him on that as I ask him to explain to you just what is Daniel 9 and the prophecy of the 70th weeks. Sounds like a big job. Welcome now, William. Are you there with me, William? Yes. Good evening, Pastor Catlin. Thank you for having me on your program. Okay, a little less former, Pastor Dan Spine. Uh, and I'll just call you William, or you can call me Dan, but let's not be so formal as Catlin. After all, I, I intend to be friends with you, brother. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Okay. Um, first off, why don't you give the folks the name of your... You, you said you've written two books. What is the name of those two books? I have written two books in a, what I call the Prophecy and Pattern series. Um, the first book is called The Thirteenth Enumeration, Key to the Bible's Messianic Prophecies. And the second book, Daniel 9... Um, the book's title is Daniel's 70 Weeks, The Keystone of Bible Prophecy. Hmm. Well, your most recent book is the, the 13th enumeration. I, I think that we're going to probably be talking more about Daniel's 70th Weeks, but what's the 13th enumeration about? Yeah, the 13th enumeration looks, takes an unusual look at the messianic symbolism of the Bible, especially in the sacrificial rites, um, the biblical calendar and the lineage of Jesus in Matthew, and finds an unusual and uncommon thread amongst all those that prove to us, without a doubt, that um, Jesus, or Yeshua, is the Messiah promised in the Scripture. Well, amen. Now, you, you mentioned feast and, and a couple of things that you mentioned about that book. You know, right now, currently, with some of the other books that are out, that book should be very highly popular to those people that are that are right now that are reading about Bible prophecy, wouldn't you say? Yeah, um, it's 
Doing real well. It's I have it for free on Amazon and all the major digital retailers if people are interested. And it's it's been a top um, download for several months now. Um, the top, I'd say, the top one or two in eschatology and messianic Judaism. Well, why for free, brother? Because it's a labor of love for me. I um, I was given the information for free, um, found it in, in our heavenly Father's Word, and I. I mean, I just love to research this stuff, and I, I just don't want to sell it, honestly. Yeah, amen. So it's a calling instead of a, a, a profit-making thing. But right. Yeah. I, under, yeah. I, just say, I understand that people have to make profits, you know, and it's not a problem. But I'm just trying to show to the people it's a labor of your heart. It's a labor right. of love. Yes, I mean, I have, um, Yahweh has blessed me with a, a good occupation. I'm a blue-collar plumber, and I... That he provides for me and my family, and this is my gift to my brothers and sisters, and you know those people out there that you know maybe can't afford a book on Bible prophecy. It's, it's my way of giving back. Well, Amen, folks. If you go to his website, the Thirteenth Enumeration dot com, which I will uh, wherever you see this on a blog later on tonight, I'll have a link to. It. And there's a thing that says Williams Books and Novels, and you can go over there and check it out. Um, you know, I really appreciate it, uh, somebody with your heart that does that. I'm going to get a paper copy. In fact, and I'm telling the folks, I'm going to get. You can buy a paper copy, right? That's correct. The paper copies are only on Amazon right now. Um, then it, they again are um, there. There's a charge for them, but that's what Amazon charges. Um, I make no royalties on them at all. Um, I make zero money on the paperback copies. Again, I just am happy to get that message out there. Um, you know, basically this. But I've, you know, the Bible says the spirit of prophecy is a testimony of Jesus or Yeshua. Um, and the Yeshua, as many people know, it means Yahweh's salvation. So the testimony of Yeshua is the testimony of Yahweh's salvation to all mankind. And to me, that's what the theme of these, the underlying theme of both of these books is, the, um, Yahweh's salvation for mankind. Yeah, amen. Which, you know, like I mentioned prophecy earlier, that's what the whole Bible's prophecy really um, but uh, going back to that, uh, let me finish this up about your books. So, you know, folks, it's a labor of love, and I really uh, strongly suggest you go check them out. If, if you're like not like me, I can't hardly read books, folks, on the Internet, but you go over there and you can get them for free. Well, I asked you about Daniel's 70 weeks. Now, I, of course I know about 70, the 70 weeks, but... You bring that up to some people, and they just, or most people, they just scratch their head. They don't right. know. So take us into that. What's the 70th week? Well, Daniel's 70th week is, in all the Bible prophecy, it's kind of, it's, it's special. Uh, it's the only prophecy in the Bible which gives a specific and dateable timeline for the coming of the Messiah. It's the only one. I mean, the Bible is made up by many counts, is 25% of it. It's, it's Bible prophecy of some sort. But in all that, Daniel 9, the 70 weeks, is the only bi- prophecy in the Bible which actually provides a specific date for the coming of the Messiah, or Jesus, or Yeshua, as many of us call him. Well, you say specific date. Um, a lot of people go, whoa, wait a minute, I don't, I don't like that. Everybody that sets dates is wrong. Is that what you're talking about, setting a date? <laughs> no, well, I mean, date setting, is, and as far as Daniel 70 weeks goes, is... Yes, they, the Bible provides a specific date for the coming of the first coming of the Messiah anyway. He provides us with a, a timeline um, from a command to restore and build Jerusalem 
up until the birth of the Messiah or, you know, until his um, death and resurrection, depending on how you look at the prophecy. My book on Daniel 9 focuses um, in two areas that is often neglected by many prophecy teachers, and that is the Bible's calendar and um, a contextual foundation in the Old Testament Second Temple era. Um, I'm, I'm in the construction industry, and as anybody in, in, the, in this field will tell you, a house has to have a strong foundation. Most prophecy, books on Bible prophecy regarding Daniel's 70 weeks do not have a foundation at all in the Second Temple era in the context of when this command was given and to whom it was given. given. I think it's also important who gave that command. Ah, uh, exactly. And that's um, one of my... Um, I don't know. Pet peeve is the only thing that comes to mind. But as Go into we, that. Go into you know, that. The, the, there's basically, today, uh, most prophecy teachers have four possible commands to restore and build Jerusalem. Um, uh, they're given in the Persian era, and they're secular rulers um, named Artaxerxes. And that's a title um, in the Bible. It's not a specific name. But they choose, um, like Sir Robert Anderson and many of his peers, choose the Artaxerxes Longamanus as that starting point in the Bible. But if you look really close at the context, that's kind of an iffy proposition, because Daniel 9, when it says the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem, the word commandment is debar, it's the Hebrew word debar, and that word means, simply means word or speech or utterance. And in the Daniel 9, that word uh, debar is used four different times. And each of those other three times, it refers specifically to the word of Yahweh, the living God of the Bible. Uh, it's only in Daniel 9.25 where um, prophecy teachers change that um, context and then make that word refer to an Artaxerxes of a Persian secular um, ruler of some sort, whether it's Artaxerxes Longamanus, some choose Cyrus, um, others choose Darius, um, and you know, what they don't explain many times in their books is that Artaxerxes is title, uh, and it uh, refers to at least three different people in the Bible. So my, my way of looking at it is to take it back to the context. The word, um, debar, in the, all across the Old Testament is used the majority of the times to refer to the word of the living God of the Bible, Yahweh. And in my book, we focus in on that, and we look at for the word of God, or Yahweh. And it's really neat because it's not just one, one place in the Bible that this word goes out to restore and build Jerusalem. It's, it's, and it's funny is how ignored it is, but it's, it's found in Zechariah 1, it's found in Haggai 1, and it's also found in Ezra 6. And this word is Yahweh's word for the Jewish people to return and build Jerusalem in the temple. And it's, it's as plain as day in there, but you'll find maybe one in a hundred books on Bible prophecy ever even looks at this or acknowledges it, maybe the word of Yahweh was the one that began this prophecy. Well, that, a lot of times the problem that we have, brother, is, is that you know, you're having a Western purpose, uh, person you know, defining the Bible, and they're not looking at it with what we'll call for tonight Hebraic thought um, patterns. And, and if it was, they went by Hebraic thought patterns, they would say it just, uh, I'm backing you up, they would say it like that you would, because it's, the, of its uh, usage other places, it would be the same. Right. Um, Correct. Yeah. And it, I, yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say it's contextually, um, if, if you look at it from the context of the people it was given, which was Daniel's people, 
um, they're really, they would have no other choice as far as, but to acknowledge the word of the living God of the Bible. They would, that would be their number one priority, only if that was not any way acceptable or somehow there was no other word in the Bible except some secular ruler, would they even consider something else? But um, you're right, it's, it's taken in a Jewish, Hebraic context. Um, Yahweh's word takes preeminence, period. Yeah, amen. Absolutely. Well, let's go back. Let's back up a little bit. Yeah. You know, now we said. Now we're sitting here. Now we're doing it just like everybody else says. We're talking about the seventy weeks, and still, I don't know if people are really grasping. What are you guys talking about? What does he mean, seventy weeks? What's they were given for? What I mean, what what is that? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Is well, how about simple how about we can say it? How about we just take a look at it real quick here, and I just read a couple verses, and we get an, an idea real quick here of the 70 weeks. Well, that sounds like the best idea I've heard yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's start with cha- um, verse 24 of chapter 9 of Daniel. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, and to bring everlasting righteousness, and to seal up the vision and the prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Know, therefore... And understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the prince, shall be seven weeks. And threescore and two weeks the street shall be built again in the wall, even in troublous time. And after threescore and two weeks the Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that will come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with the flood, and unto the end of the war desolations are determined. And he shall confirm the covenant with the many for one week. In the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even unto the consummation, and that be determined, poured upon the desolate. That's, that's the 70-week prophecy right there. And the essence of that prophecy is, speaks of the coming Messiah, and the goals of that coming are to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to reconcile iniquity, and to bring in everlasting righteousness, seal up the vision and prophecy, and anoint the most holy. That is the spirit of prophecy, like we talked about in Revelation. The spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Yahweh's well, salvation. I, I guess now, I'm I'm going to sound real dumb, but I want you to know that I'm not. Yeah. But uh, somebody would say, well, what do you mean, finish the transgression? Seal up what? What are you talking about? Seal up the transgression. Okay. If we go back to the Old Testament and the sacrificial rites given to the children of Israel in the Torah, we see over and over again these bloody sacrificial rites that were endless, where they were over and over again, they had to make atonement for their sins and the sins of the people. These sacrificial rites, as the Apostle Paul talks, tells us, are like shadows, or shadow pictures, if you will, of what the Messiah would do on our behalf. And here Daniel 9 is telling us what the Messiah is going to do. He came to finish the transgressions, to make an end to sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity. He came to pay the price for our sins. And here in Daniel 9, we have a specific timeline, a chronological timeline, which tells us when that was going to happen and part of that process. Um, We can debate, um, a lot of people say that that was accomplished um, in 70 AD at the Messiah's first coming, or part of it's going to be accomplished at the the second coming. Um, Regardless of that debate, the point is the Messiah came to reconcile mankind to Yahweh because of our sin. And Daniel 9 is a, uh, is a picture of that. It's a testimony of that, and the Messiah is coming to accomplish that task. Well, amen. Uh, 
the whole book, of, you know, the whole book of Daniel is just an incredible book because the prophecies that were given in it weren't given really for that time. They were given for us in this time. And uh, I believe that they will just, you know, unfold uh, at this time. But uh, uh, so, amen. So you have a timeline. Uh, so what else is embedded into this? Uh, there's so much more into it. So tell us some more about the 70th week. For instance. Yeah, For instance, can we how how about the tribulation? Uh, does it talk about the tribulation? Um, it says right towards the end there in verse twenty-seven, and he shall confirm a covenant with the many for one week. In the midst of the week, he shall call it sacrifice and oblation to cease. The overspreading of abominations, he'll make it desolate, even unto the consummation, and that be determined, poured out on the desolate. Right there in verse twenty-seven, regardless of your position on whether it's the co- that covenant is the Antichrist covenant or something fulfilled by the Messiah, it says there's a. There's, the overspreading of abomination shall be desolate even until the consummation. That means the end of time. That means all the way up to the second coming. Um, Daniel has broken down into several parts. It's a, it's a chronological prophecy broken into several parts. And the first part consumed, um, is, is uh, made up of seven, seven weeks. Um, and I guess we should probably explain here um, the, the term weeks. Weeks comes from... Wait, wait, wait a minute. We, we probably don't have time for that because okay. um, okay. we got about... We get a little over a minute before break time, so let's okay. do something different for a minute. Yeah. Um, let's tell them, uh, okay, this website, the 13thenumeration.com, which I'll definitely um, give them a link to. What can they find over there? Um, my, I have uh, oh, almost 100 blog articles, maybe 50 or 100. I don't, I've never counted them, honestly, but um, there's a whole bunch of blog articles there on biblical history and Bible prophecy that takes and looks at it from a, a contextual perspective. Uh, some call it Hebraic perspective, where we look at it through the eyes of the people the prophecy was given to, um, with, with the intent of seeing the spirit of prophecy, that is, the salvation of Yahweh. Um, you can, uh, my blog has a bunch of articles on there. You have, if you subscribe to my blog, you can receive all of my prophecy and patter, um, patterns books, books one and two, and an upcoming book on the Jubilees and Sabbaths. Um, you'll find um, for free just by subscribing, and um, you'll be the first to get those books uh, at no cost at all. Um, but they also will be up for free on Amazon and stuff as, as time allows. So, but you can get that just simply by subscribing to my blog. And um, I don't, like you, I don't share email addresses or anything out. I don't solicit funds. I simply share with my readers the, my love of Bible prophecy and the expectation of the Messiah's return. Well, amen. That's great. Um, folks, you uh, you also know he's got some links over there on that blog spot that I'll send you to his book reviews, and you should really go over and read his book reviews. He, he did a real good one on Jonathan Kahn's one, recent book. But right now, we got to go. We'll be back in three minutes. Dan will be right back. Most people realize.
realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. This is Pastor Dan Catlin, and you're listening to Messiah's Branch Prophecy Hour on the American Voice Radio Network. Please remember to pray tonight about a donation for our work with the homeless and poor from our mission church in Wichita, Kansas. 
well, of course the homeless are poor, but we're also talking about the poor people that come from all over town looking for things like food, clothing, blankets, just all of these things, over-the-counter medications, clothing for their children, all kinds of things. Because in this uh, economy, they're, they're reduced to 30-hour work weeks, like I was telling you earlier about talk, or in the other program about talking with a millennial. And, you know, he was telling me he's living with his grandmother, you know, because he can't afford on 30 hours a week to have his own place. So anyway, um, people come to us looking for all kinds of things. But tonight I want to point out that this weekend is airtime is due. And so we really do need your help to pay airtime. You know, why are you thankful? Well, you must have millions of sponsors. Really, there's nobody actually technically sponsoring our radio program. If you wanted to be a sponsor, we could maybe talk about it, but I haven't ever accepted a sponsor. My point is, is it comes from donations. Well, how does that help the Mission Church? Well, of course, the more people that listen to us on the radio, the more people that donate to the Wichita Mission Church, because the Wichita Mission Church, you know, it started as a family thing, and it's just a little bigger than that. But, you know, it's we don't have such some huge congregation that pays for everything. Everything used to come from a newsletter, and then it switched to radio. And so we sell nothing. So it's only people like you that donate to us that has keep us going, the Mission Church going for 17 years. And so pray about it. And, you know, I also, I, we found out we're getting a, a new, new uh, soundboard that's being donated it's from somebody in California. But we also lack some other things, like we really are trying to switch over to video. And unless you send us a donation that says for radio or for video camera or send us a camera, then, you know, we're not going to take that out of the donations because the donations usually just come in Messiah's branch. We put 99% into the Wichita Mission Church. So that's how it goes. So if you want to make a donation for radio, make sure you say it's for radio. Pray about it. We need a video camera. We need another screen. And because the screen I'm looking at is about to go out, it's got lines in it. And we also need a laptop if possible. It could be some old laptop that you got sitting around. We're not picky. We're not asking you to, in any case, if, if you couldn't afford it, but send us your used stuff. You might have something laying around that you updated. You send us your old things. So anyway, we get no help from any organized churches or government agencies. It's only folks like you that has helped us for now these 17 years. It keeps us going. We are the last hope for so very many. And, folks, we are responsible to care for one for another, as we are brothers keepers. All our donations, no matter what size, helps. And the Father notices all donations that come from where? Your heart. If you don't w- Remember, if you don't wish to donate to the poor, consider a donation for radio airtime. You can donate online or mail a check or money order, and you can find all this information at ProphecyHour.com or call me at 620-878-4682. And now we're back with William Strews. And by the way, William, did I pronounce your last name right? Just right. Okay, well, that's great. You know, I, I was thinking about it during break. I thought, man, I, you know, I've never held anybody else to the standard of making them go into detail and explain what the 70, what Daniel's prophecy is in this kind of detail. So I appreciate it, brother. I do yeah. appreciate it. Well, I, I appreciate the opportunity to share something that uh, I'm passionate about. Well, you know, you, you hit something just before we left, and you said, well, maybe we ought to tell them what 
weeks are. Yeah, what, tell them about what that actually means. You yeah. Know? Okay. The 70 weeks, uh, the word weeks, is not really an accurate translate, translation. Um, we associate time with weeks, as in a week, and thus we translate it in many places um, as um, extrapolate it, really, into years. But the actual Hebrew word is Shabuah. And the word Shabuah comes from the word Shaba, and it means to swear an oath. Um, and Shabuah, the weeks, word weeks, means simply seven, or groups of seven, heptad. Um, it's, it has no implied um, calendric time involved. Um, it's simply a measure of seven. So when we say 70 weeks, we're simply saying 77. Um, Daniel 9 does not tell us what those 77s to be measured in. And um, just if I might just delve into this word Shabuah just a little bit uh, more, because I think a lot of your listeners would probably appreciate this. Shabuah means to swear or to swear an oath. And the first place in the entire Bible where, <clears throat> excuse me, where the word Shabuah is mentioned is when Yahweh swears an oath with Abraham. And this oath that he swears with Abraham is the covenant, the promise, that through his seeds all through his seed, all the descendants of the earth will be blessed. So when we get back to Daniel 9, in Daniel 9, the first covenant mentioned in Daniel 9 is not the infamous covenant of the Antichrist in Daniel 9.27, but really in Daniel 9.4 we have Daniel in pleading with Yahweh to remember the covenant and mercy he promised to the fathers. Well, that covenant and mercy was the Shabuah, or the Shabbat, I'm sorry, that, which the whole idea of the Shabuahs, the 77s, is based upon all the way back to, um, where he promised Abraham that he swear with him that his seed would be the blessing to all the nations. So uh, I think a lot of people focus on that last covenant of Daniel 9.27. In fact, most people are probably aware of that, but very few. Um, to go back to the very beginning of the context in Dan- Daniel 9.4 and look at the, the covenant that um, Daniel was right. pleading with Yahweh to remember. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and there's another one right there that people falter in is, uh, I don't know if you have. I assume that you probably have because of your knowledge of the Bible. Is that people need to do an actual study on all the all the, of the covenants of the Bible, and, and what's really in force and what's not, and who they were given to? Don't you think? I agree. Um, context is the key of understanding any Bible um, passage. Um, you know, it's it's really important to see who it was given to, why it was given. And um, without that information, you know, you can't take any, you, you know, it, it, none of the scriptures make sense. It must be within the context of to who it was given, when it was given, and why it was given. And that, that when, when we see that context, the, the, really the Bible comes alive. Well, you know, um, going back to the, the 70 weeks, um, it talks, it, it sounds like, and I don't want to define it for you, so I'm going to try and put it in a way to get you to say it. Um, It sounds like, well, a lot of people say, well, there's 69 weeks, and then there's a separation, and then there's a 70th week, and then it's way up out in front. You know what I'm trying to say? Yes. Yeah, um, personally, I do not believe there's a separation between the 69th and 7th week, and I I go into great depth and detail why that um, is in my book, um, Daniel's 7th Week, The Keystone of Bible Prophecy. Um, to, today, in my opinion, too many Bible prophecy teachers, first of all, they don't establish the prophecy on a contextual basis in the Second Temple era. Then they don't even use the right calendar. They don't use a biblically-based 
Hebrew, Hebrew thought type calendar to interpret the prophecy. Um, and that wrong footing has led many of them to come to the wrong conclusion. Now, I want to make something straight here. I'm not a supersessionist or a preterist or anybody that believes the prophecies, all the prophecies of the Bible have been fulfilled in 70 AD. I believe Yahweh keeps his word and that the word he gave to the Jewish people, um, he will fulfill. He promised them the land. He made covenants with them that they, they would rule over the nations. So that is still in effect. And um, you, just because Daniel 70 week was fulfilled, in my opinion, which I believe to be the case, does not in any way slight the promises Yahweh made to the Jewish people. I just think we've skewed the context of Daniel 9 and taken our focus off the spirit of prophecy, that is, the salvation of Yahweh, Yeshua. And by doing that, we've really r removed some of the depth and riches of Daniel 9 and instead turned our focus onto the Antichrist. And I think that has really changed our view of Bible prophecy in so many ways, because Daniel 9 is such an important pillar of how we view um, the final end times. Um, and I think it's time to get back to context and um, right. this prophecy in the proper text. I do agree totally with you that that we we need the Western <clears throat> Western people need to get back into uh, you know to relook at the, the the way that we've been looking at the Bible for so long because you know it's like. Uh, William, it's like there's been a whole bunch of cowboys looking at a book about Indians from a cowboy point of view, and so they're <laughs> yeah. coming up with all kinds of bad things. Or not, you know, necessarily, uh, let's just say, I said bad, but I don't mean bad in that kind, but wrong. Right, I understand, I, yeah, I understand what you mean. They've done the best with what they've had, or they, you know, they they haven't, they have no ill intentions. They've done, you know, the best that they can, but it's like you said, it's time to refocus our, um, on the context of to whom the Bible was given and when it was given. And that just, the Bible just makes so much more sense when you, when you see it in the, in the proper context. And it, and it really sharpens our focus on Yeshua. That is, you know, Yeshua is the spirit of prophecy, the Yahweh testimony, that testimony of Yahweh's salvation, the promise that he is going to restore mankind and reconcile us to him through, through the death and resurrection of Jesus, Yeshua. In reality, um, Daniel 9 um, gives us a much clearer view, actually, of what would happen with the Antichrist and even the book of Revelation and other parts of the Bible, doesn't it? Um, honestly, the, from my opinion, I think we've skewed the focus onto the Antichrist in many respects on the, on the final week. Um, yes, it talks about the overspreading of abominations and the desolation that comes all the way to the end. But um, when people talk about the, he confirms the covenant with the many for one week, um, you know, that, that, to me, that goes, pushes, we need to take it back to the context of Daniel 9.4, where it talks about the covenant that was confirmed um, with um, the Messiah. So I am not one who believes that that covenant refers to the Antichrist. I'll be right up front with you. I believe that covenant was confirmed with the Messiah. And in fact, the Bible specifically says so, that the Messiah confirmed the covenant um, with the many for one week. In, in, the, in the New Testament, you look at those passages which says, the. Um, with, with, I'm trying to, I'm having a brain. Um, down. It's all right. 
Um, you're probably looking towards uh, confirming the new covenant. Is that what you're talking about? Right. He's confirming the new covenant. He's making it stronger and fuller. Um, uh, like my computer well, let, here. Let's go with this. Yeah. Um, go this is what I believe, and we'll, we'll let you think about it a minute. You know, um, Yeshua came, and he did confirm the covenant. Um, he had, a, in fact, what he had at the Lord, at the what people call the Lord's Supper um, was actually a covenant meal. And he replaced himself in, into the place of the Passover lamb. Correct. And so exactly. he, he, this covenant meal was a confirmation of that covenant. But, you know, I, now I don't believe that the, the, the covenant is totally fully in effect yet, because if it was, I'd have a glorified body and Correct. sin would be gone and a lot of other things. I, I agree with, I'm, I'm with you there 100% as well. It's not fully in effect. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, he, that is that should be our focus, and that's what. So that's what you're saying. That's what the the focus of the seventieth week is. Correct. Right? I'm saying the focus of the seventy week is the Messiah and his atonement, his work in atonement to take that Old Testament prophecies and show that he fulfilled them. Um, and I don't mean fulfilled, like you say, completely fulfilled. What I mean by fulfilled is he, he became the shadow or the type that Apostle Paul talks about, that he became that atonement sacrifice. And he, he bridges that 500-year gap between the Old and New Covenant. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I say, folks, they, they falter when they, they don't go. And, I mean, Overlying, we can just, you know, anybody can pick up the Bible and just read the Bible and, and figure out that, you know, we get salvation and you can gain salvation by it. But those that can read and do read deeper should read it without, um, well, this is what I call it. You know, brother, when I came out of the world, I had never been church, so to speak, meaning I had never sit in a, a regular church and never had doctrine preached to me. And, uh, when I read the Bible for the first time, cover to cover, I picked it up and I read it from the back to the front, and I read it without a preconceived notion. You know, I had a couple of things like everybody does. Yeah, Jesus is a Savior, and yeah, we celebrate this or celebrate that. But I really didn't have, you know, some big super knowledge about the Bible, and I had nothing indoctrinized in me. So when I read the Bible from the back to the front, I came away with a big point of view that was a lot different than the church. Right, because you became, you had more context to draw from. In the, in the New Testament, it makes so much more sense when seen in the context of the Old. Um, you know, when people say all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness, they forget there was, new, there was no New Testament when that um, um, instruction was given. You know, that instruction and, and all that, that verse replies to the Old Testament instructions. And, you know, so many people forget yeah. the context of that. Amen. In fact, I was just explaining this to uh, one of the new girls that came the other day. As we were talking, and, and uh, I asked her some questions. And they were simple questions. You know, we were talking about Scripture and so on and so forth. And, and I, I said, well, what, where were they pointed at? And she said, oh, the New Testament. I said, really, they pointed to something that wasn't written yet, right? <laughs> and she said, huh? And I said, well, think about it, you know. And so I went through several verses, you know, and she said, well, but I was taught that all that was done away with. And then I told her, I said, well, you know, the statement where Yeshua says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and all your soul, first and greatest commandment, guess what? I come out of the Old Testament. 
You know, so if you did away with the Old Testament, then you had to do away with what Yeshua said. And she started really scratching her head. And by the time we got done, she better understanding. And I think she's going to start coming to some services anyway. I yeah, pray it's, for it's always it's always neat to see when the light clicks on for people when they understand the context of the passages of the New Testament in light of the Old. It's just wonderful to see. To see. Well, you, you know, in our conversation, um, we might switch gears here a little bit now. Um, yeah. In our conversation uh, before radio, um, you were talking about, um, you know, your work that you do is showing how um, the scriptures, well, how the word, you know, intertwined with each other. You know, how Matthew was also found someplace else and so on. Do you have a few examples of that 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 shows you should on your top of your head? Yeah, sure. I can give you a few examples. um, Try to be brief about it. well, let's start with um, the feast days are coming up. The fall feast days are coming up, and um, many people, myself included, believe those um, t- um, feast of trumpets, um, feast of tabernacle, or Yom Kippur, or the uh, Day of Atonement, and the feast of tabernacles, they point to this, the second coming of Yeshua or the return, the second coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I believe that's uh, a reasonable understanding of the context of how you know if Yeshua fulfilled the first. Um, Spring feast days, um, Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, and then of course the Spirit came to the disciples on Pentecost. There is a precedence there for that the fall feast would be fulfilled by Yeshua in the same in a, in a similar manner. So, I, I'm a firm believer that the fall feast days point to the second coming. In those feast days, one of the congruent themes of the biblical message is sacrificial blood atonement, and we've learned through the New Testament that that sacrificial atonement points to us to the Messiah's work on our behalf. We are sinners. We need atonement in order to be made right with Yahweh, the living God of the Bible. So those sacrificial rites in the feast days are really fascinating if you look at them. Uh, For instance, the Feast of Tabernacles. This feast starts with 13 rams, 2 lambs, and 14 lambs. And this is in Numbers 29-13. This um, numbering system is just it's, you know, it's really been confused people, or not maybe, maybe confused is the wrong word, but it's really intrigued people. Why, why this specific numbers of sacrifices? Remember, we're talking Yeshua was a picture of the sacrifices. That's the shadow, as the Apostle Paul would talk about. Well, if you look at all the feast days throughout the Bible, all spring and fall, you'll see all the feast days are some way have 13 or 14 um, sacrifices involved in them. Um, if you go to the Passover, you look at um, on the feast, first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, you'll have 13 sacrifices, but if you include Passover, then it makes 14 as well. Now let's go to the, um, um, the book of Matthew, in, in Matthew chapter 1, we have this, this enigma that scholars have criticized for centuries. We have a list that, frankly, is not accurate. It shows Yeshua, it shows 41 ancestors in Yeshua's lineage, when in fact there's 45. And then Matthew did something really strange, he arranged that lineage into three columns. In other words, three 14-generation sets. So in the first set of generations, we have um, from Abraham to David, we have 14 generations. In the second set, we have um, the 14 generations. But in the final set, it's intriguing because it ends with Yeshua as the 13th, what I like to call the 13th enumeration. And reality, there's not 14 generations in this list. But if you're in the scripture, it says Yeshua's death and resurrection, he became um, the, the new 
a new man. You know, he resurrected from the dead. He became that first fruit of Sleb. He became the 14th generation. And you see this symbolism woven into the entire Old Testament of 13 and 14 and that sacrificial atonement. Another good example is the Apostle Paul. You know, in that verse of Ephesians 2, 13 and 14, where he talks about that middle wall of partition in the temple, that barrier between Jews and Gentiles, which did not allow us to approach the presence of God. He said in those verses that that barrier was broken down in the Messiah. Well, in Jesus' day, when he walked those temp- those, those, that temple, that barrier right. was approached by 14 steps. And that entry into the temple was granted by one of 13 gates. Maybe Apostle Paul had something more in mind when he was talking about that. That's the messianic symbolism that I show in my book, The 13th Enumeration. Um, and that goes throughout... Um, so many different aspects of the Bible. It's woven. It's a beautiful thread that's woven into the, the Bible's messianic message. Well, amen. Um, what you brought up about um, the lineage and the, the missing there, um, I have a brother at church, uh, 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 and he has been, he's been banging his head on the wall for that for a couple of years now, right. trying to come to a conclusion. I'm going to point him to your butt. Uh, it, it will be a blessing. Yeah. Oh, it's, and, you know, it's, it's really, really fascinating. Have him look. Have him draw it out on a piece of paper in the three columns, like Matthew um, told us to arrange it, and then look at the, where the names are missing from. And what's so fascinating is you'll find the names are missing between the 13th and 14th generation, and then you'll find one name missing between the 6th and 7th, or 13th. I mean, the symbolism is right there in, in such beauty. Um, in fact, the missing name between the 13th and 14th generation is Yahweh raises up. I mean, think about that. Yeshua is the 13th enumeration. He died and rose again. But that missing name in that second column means yeah. Yahweh rose up again. I mean, it's, it's, it's wonderful, fascinating. It's Matthew arranged it purposely to show the Messianic symbolism of the Bible and that Yeshua fulfilled that. Well, amen. And there's another one of those things that, um, you know, until you really start getting into the, the pattern, the way that the Bible speaks, or we'll call it the Hebraic pattern, that they, that it speaks, and the way it does it, then things start to click on. I, I know we read, you know, I'm Messianic. We read the, the Torah every year, and, and uh, you know, we look at it from a Messianic point of view. And so... The more we read it, you know, and once you we've got some principles down, then man, just everything just seems to pop out at us, and it and it's so exciting to reread it again because we just know that something else is just going to fall into place that we just you know just hadn't seen, but because our mind finally clicked over and looking at it from that different point of view, you know what I mean? Right. Then things started coming through. Yeah, we cannot plumb the depth of Yahweh's majesty is found in the pages of the Bible. There is just no way to. Um, every layer of the onion we peel back, there's another one. I mean, it's just, it's the treasures he's buried for us are just, it's, to me, it's always been a treasure hunt. And I've looked at it that way. My first approach is the Bible is inspired. Yahweh gave us the words he wants us to understand. And when you take it as inspired, not looking for the mistakes, but instead of looking for the intent, the pages come alive. These things that were mistakes, they look, you look at them and you realize they were intentional, and they show us a part of the Bible and a way of looking at the Bible that just, it just makes it come alive. It's like technicolor as opposed to black and white. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, brother, I really enjoyed talking to you, and we have come really to the end of our program. We're at 55. So, again, why don't you tell... We're, what do you want us, where do you want me 
or rather you, tell them what to go look for. Okay. Um, if they want to read my books, the best place, if you want to download them from my website, is go to my blog, www.thirteenthenumeration.com, and the number 13 is a numeral. It's not spelled out. So www.thethirteenthenumeration.com um, slash blog, B-L-O-G 13. Now, if, if that's too much to remember, then just um, type in William Struess blog or the 13th enumeration blog, and you won't find anything else on the Internet but uh, a link to my blog. If you subscribe, I'll send you a link to my two books, and hopefully later this year I'll have my third book out. It looks at the, the big picture context and shows how Yahweh's hand is guiding history um, through the Jubilee and Sabbath cycles. And um, it's really mind-blowing. It's fascinating information that's um, timely as well. Well, amen. And so, but you can, but at, from the blog, the 13th enumeration, they can find everything they need to about you and so on and so forth. Yes, everything. Right. And then if they prefer not to subscribe to my blog and they just want to download the book from Amazon or buy a paperback copy, there's links there to Amazon. Or you can just type my name in William Struess on Amazon and you'll find the links to my blog. I mean, a link well, to bro- my Okay, well, brother, I really enjoyed having you on, and I want to talk to you again. I, I just, uh, a lot of times, I, well, I held you to a little different standard because I was trying to get something out of you. I hope you forgive me for that. But I can't wait. I'm going to get your paperback copy of this 13th enumeration, and then I'll read it, and we will talk about it if you so choose. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I, like I said, this is a, a love of my life. Um, it's Bible prophecy and sharing it. And uh, I, I appreciate you giving me the privilege of being on your radio program and having the opportunity to share that with, with other believers and those that have maybe haven't made that decision yet. All right. Well, we got to go, brother, really. So goodbye and shalom to you. Be blessed. Likewise. Thank you. Okay, folks. Pray about supporting the Mission Church. Pray about a donation tonight. Pray about a sacrificial offering because we need to get airtime paid for like now because I don't want to do it on Sabbath. But you must remember, there is only one God. He is your father. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His son is Yeshua HaMashiach. He gave his life for repented sins. He rose after three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And through him, and only through him, is a way to others. There is a way to the Father. I'm sorry. Only through him is the way to the Father. Remember, always, always, always be a blessing to others. If you're not a blessing to others, then how can you be saved? Lord our God, Father, King Universe, asking Yeshua HaMashiach's name, that the Father blesses you and that his face would shine upon them and that you would be gracious to them, Father, and give them peace. And until next week, this is Pastor Dan saying goodbye and shalom. You've just heard the Messiah's Branch broadcast featuring Pastor Dan. To contact Dan on the Internet, go to messiahsbranch.org. To write to Dan, send a note to Messiah's Branch, 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Tune in next time for Messiah's Branch.
mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes, now in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street. Donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com or simply call 316-619-4886. Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Call 316-619-4886. 
And, of course, I want to thank all our listener base that is worldwide in places like Bonn, Germany, and Frankfurt, Germany. What are the people over there in Germany may be faced with a national crisis? We'll talk about it later on this program. But also South Africa, Brazil, France, London, Norway, and, of course, cities in the United States like Denver, Colorado, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, Portland, Oregon, Tampa, Florida, Toledo, Ohio, New Orleans, Louisiana, as well as Wichita, Kansas, which still remains the largest group of listeners to our radio programs, at least when they podcast later on tonight. Now, prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, in Yeshua HaMashiach's name, Father, I just pray that Radio Night goes according to your will and not my will, and I pray that you give me the words to give the people so that they might be warned in this time that we're in and so we might all draw closer to yours, to you, Father. In Yeshua HaMashiach's name, amen and amen. <clears throat> well, today I feel led to talk again about the coming darkness as it's starting to cover the world. But before I do that, I, this song I play it over and over because it does show my heart, and you wouldn't believe, in fact, I was discussing it briefly with my producer, you wouldn't believe the people that really like this song. So here it is, a song called The Message from Brother Ben.
Also, I noticed Hillary criticized North Carolina's Republican governor over the state's bathroom bill during a campaign stop in Raleigh on Tuesday. She says, right here in North Carolina, a very mean-spirited, wrong-headed decision by your legislator and your government governor to pass and sign House Bill 2. That has hurt this state. Hurt the state, really. Clinton told this to a crowd at Wake Technical Community College. That notice for going after the youth, always after the youth. But more than that, it's hurt people. It sent a message to so many people that, well, you know, you're not really wanted. You're really not part of us. And this is Hillary talking, of course. My American dream is big enough for everybody. By the way, House Bill 2 was passed in the spring, and it requires transgender people to use public bathrooms and locker rooms that match the gender they are born with. After all, that's the way it is. And who are we to now all of a sudden people that are non, people made this decision that are non-doctors. Doctors have said prior to this ongoing that this was in fact a mental illness. Transgenderism is a mental illness. Well, I think it's something more than that, but we won't go to there right now. But what is her American dream? To do away with Christianity? After all, she's a globalist. She wants open borders. She's Obama on steroids and even worse. There really is no normal, this is really no normal election. Of course, was there ever really a normal election? I don't know. I can't remember so. It seems like ever since Reagan, all we've had is globalists in. The fate of America hangs on this. And is it just America that hangs on it, or is it the fate of the whole world? Remember that what the Bible says about men and women and, and uh, each other's clothing, it says it's an abomination. So look, what does your value say? Are you biblical? Do you believe that you're biblical? If you're biblical, then why do you not go by these values? You know, the world has spent so much time trying to convince you that you only need the New Testament and they have put these worldly ideas in your brain so that you would get away from the instructions. What's the instructions, you might say? Well, the instructions is, you know, you could even ask a Muslim that. Well, what is the instructions? What is, what is that? Well, they'd say, well, that's the Torah. That's the Torah that was given to Moses by the Father. Um, that is the instructions for holy living. That's what that is, the instructions for holy living. Torah, after all, does, it's an archery term that means hitting the mark. And so missing the mark is sin. So the, the problem is, is while the world calls it law, and it's a law that supposedly is done away with, yeah, the Torah contains law, but it isn't all law. But that isn't the point. It is instructions for holy living. You know, you think that the Father spent most of uh, all of the Bible, look how much he wrote, trying to get people to follow the way that they should live holy, just so that when Yeshua would come, and after all, the word, he is the Word, and the Word was made flesh. So if you did away with the Old Testament, and he's the Old Testament because he's the Word that was made flesh, then wouldn't you be doing away with Yeshua himself? Of course you would be. Why would he spend all that time to, and then say, okay, it's all right, change gears, let's do something else, let's do exactly the opposite. No, one of the last words that we find in the Old Testament is it tells us that he changes not, the Father changes not. So these rules still apply. So it's wrong 
for men to dress up as women and women to dress up as men. Anyway, if we don't stop her, the world is next. Yes, the world is run by Govis, who hate Christian values. We sh- she protect us from the United Nations? I mean, the United Nations, have you been listening at all or watching? They're now talking about the United States paying black people back for once having been in slavery. Now, while I know slavery wasn't right, but, you know, what about the very African nations that sold the people off into slavery or the Muslim slave traders that brought them to the United States? They don't talk about that. Shouldn't If anybody should pay reparations or whatever they call it, um, shouldn't they be the ones that do it? And why should you? Look at it this way. Not, I don't think that you can find many, and I'll say many because you can't ever tell how anybody's head really is, where it's at, but could you find very many um, people of the, the black race that would want to actually go back to Africa? Like that, Because if slavery didn't happen, then they wouldn't be here. They may have eventually came over, but for the most part, they probably not would have not have been here. And so they would not be able to take uh, part in this American dream and this Christian freedom and the things that we enjoy that are soon to be taken away if the wrong person comes into office. And what about the Internet? Why is America sidetracked with it? Well, we're sidetracked with the election, which we should be sidetracked with the election or watching the election. Obama is about to give away the Internet this coming Sabbath. That's the first of the month. Once that, that happens, they say that this can't be turned back. We can't say, wait a minute, and rein it back in. Once we give it away, that's it. Now, there are a couple of states I noticed today that, that are out there trying to sue to stop this action. But the problem is, is will they get the right judge? Because there are so many federal judges that across this nation that have been put in during Obama's tenure in office that are liberal judges that will go along with Obama automatically. So who will do it? And I noticed there was only like, I think, three or four states doing this. What's the matter with the rest of the states? And why is America's sleep at the wheel on this? I don't get it because they're... So many of them, so much of it is globalism. They want this control. You know, they're even talking about, I read an article today about the FCC. You know, they are almost to the point, to, they're, they're, they've got a little trick up their sleeve. They're going to say that any, um, any um, news agency that is has 5% or more owned by a foreign company or by foreigners, if they 5% is owned by a foreign company, then they are not allowed to comment on elections, candidates, or anything. That big target is Fox News. Now, you know what? I have really been upset with Fox News. I liked them a lot, and I still like them better than the other stations because they do have people on there like Sean Hannity and a few other ones that will seemingly give close to the truth, or, you know, but the point is, is they would immediately be shut down because Fox News, <clears throat> after all, is or owned mostly by uh, a foreign company, a British company. But the point, so the point of the matter is, is they're trying to shut everybody up. And if Hillary comes into office, um, and it wouldn't have to be Hillary, if any Democrat were to have come into office, 
then it would it will dramatically change things because all of these things that have been opened up are going to be are going to go on, especially the Supreme Court justices. See, just like I said, this is going to court to stop them from giving away the internet. If it gets in front of a little drudge, it's over with. Well, eventually that would go up to the Supreme Court, and if the Supreme Court has had liberal judges put in it, then that means the internet shut down, and that means get it. The Internet will not necessarily shut down, but your freedom of speech will be. People like me talking to you on radio and American Voice Radio probably would not be in existence. Neither would some of the other people that you like out there so well. They won't be in existence. They won't be able to speak because of this freedom of speech. And they will. And other countries will be allowed to come after you. You know, at least... With American Voice Radio, you would have another option. You would be able to listen to us on KU Band Satellite. And you should talk to Frank about KU Band Satellite because they sell satellites over there. And these satellites aren't all that expensive. I think they'll be between $100 or $150, something like that. And one of these satellites you can pick up with extreme clarity what we're broadcasting. And those Internet rules would not apply on that. And so it's a very good thing to get. You also, for a short time, we could possibly go back to shortwave radio. But that would be just for a season before they literally come after us and shut us down. Folks, we are in that time of the end, and it's getting worse and worse and worse. This election um, is just very imperative. Trump, yes, is no saint, but we must get out and vote if you share your values or your freedom. Yes, maybe it's too late, but we should try, shouldn't we? Is it? I believe that it's never over until it's over. I mean, you know, until the last, what we used to say is until the last dog's hung, so to speak, when I was in the world. You know, you should get out there and do something, and you should talk to, to others. This is imperative. Anyway, um, so my, my prayers are that you pray about this radio program, folks, and, you know, Pray about what we're saying, because you know what? I risk, well, I believe that I've been anointed to do this. You know, we, we risk great things, uh, sacrifices, in order to do this for you, to order to speak straight to you, to try to bring you the truth. Just as there are so many people out, there are a lot of people out there doing it. I'm not claiming to be the only talk radio person that's doing this, but I'm one of them, and I'm trying to do something, you know, at risk for myself and my family and our ministry, and our church. So um, pray about it. Anyway, you need to check us out. You go over to prophecyhour.com. That's prophecyhour.com. And remember, you folks that are listening on smartphones, trymessiasbranch.com, trymessiasbranch.com. Soon we're going to be coming up with another uh, site for you um, that we're working on probably a couple of months away. But we're also working on some other things. But We'll talk about that when we come back from break in three minutes. Dan will be right back. Studies have shown. 
shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. where your next meal will come from if the power is out for an extended period of time? I'd like to suggest Numana Foods, a family-owned business with a passion for food quality and taste, as well as long-term storage reliability. Numana.com. Check them out for your family's health and security. Food so good tasting and good for you, it can be eaten every day. Standard buckets are GMO-free, contain no aspartame, high fructose corn syrup, autolyzed yeast extract, chemical preserved or soy. You can be confident your Numana meals will be there for you and your family when you need them during an emergency. Numana.com, a nutritionally healthy way to prepare for any disaster. That's Numana.com. N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. And you're listening to Messiah's Branch Prophecy Hour on the American Voice Radio Network. Well, please remember to pray tonight about a donation for a work with the homeless and poor from our missing church in Wichita, Kansas. You know it's wintertime. 
And last week, well, I'm just going to, uh, I'm going to take it out of the norm and just talk for a minute. Um, last week, you all, and thanks for the response that was given to my wife um, last week. But anyway, here's the point. We talked about quite a few things last week. One of those was the bus. Of course, we got the bus fixed and the bus was raining. You know, it's got another short problem with it, but we're working it out. Um, and we had a little bit of money come in. We didn't have everything that we need coming in by any way far, but we had enough to to get our head above water. Um, but we, you know, we still need your support. I mean, dramatically, do we need your support because we haven't came out of that summer snow. But you need to please support us so we can care for the people that the Father sends us. We really do need your help for food, clo- food, clo- winter clothing, over-the-counter medications. And we never get any help. Well, I won't say never, but we usually don't get any help from any organized churches or government agencies. It's only folks like you that supported us for for the 17th year that we're in that makes this mission church work. You see, you know, let's go on with this. I'm I'm just kind of really frustrated tonight because of all the bureaucracy that's against us. You know, we go over there, we're, we are a church. We're a bona fide church. We're not a 5013C, but if we don't have that 5013C, we, it stops us, the agency, well, we can't help you because you're not a 5013C. Well, you know, they don't even have to be one, but it's the government's deal to say, look, if you want dealt into this, you have to keep your mouth shut. You can't talk about politics and do all these other things. And so you take the 5013C and we'll be, fix it where you can get some world-class donations because we could. There's been so many people that's told us that, well, go get a 5013C and then maybe we can help you. Well, I'm not going to go into the bondage of the government. I'm not going to put the church under it when the church doesn't have to be under it, even when the IRS says that they don't have to be under it. That's the way it is. It's, you know, it's C3, you know. But the point of the matter is, is that... Um, so we're trying to do things in the right way, according to the word of our Father, according to Yeshua. We're trying to do it the right way. And so, yeah, it's tough. It's just like it's tough um, doing the, the things that we do. It's so easy to go along with the world, but we don't go along with the world. You see, we're supposed to follow the Father, not follow the world. And that's what it's all about. So, yes, we minister to so many people, and, you know, we'll keep doing it as long as I can uh, I can stand up and unless the Father tells me to do it, not to do it, or they take our building away or something, uh, we're going to keep doing it. And we do it at this great sacrifice, just like my wife said, you know, um, it's her life, and it's right. We built our life around it. Our children were, were brought up around the mission church and about helping others and helping the poor and helping the homeless. And this is what we do. And so, yes, it's our life. The other days of the week that I'm, when I'm not completely involved with the mission church, what am I doing? I'm doing radio, or I'm getting looking for radio guests to bring you the truth. We're putting out news on the blog spot to get you news. And you know how many hours we have to spend in reading to do that? Because I just can't just post the articles without knowing what's in them. Because I'm scared that, I would be responsible to give you misinformation. So we really try our best, you know, and I want to thank, we're talking about radio for a moment. You know, radio was brought in, is brought in 
to so that it helps fund the mission church. Excuse me, I got to get a sip. The mission church, but um, so radio is really important. This is our major way of fundraising. Well. I had somebody contact me in California, and brother, if you're listening to this program, I want to tell you I appreciate it. He's going to send me <clears throat> a new uh, board, mixer board, I guess it is, it's a, with a digital recorder and some software for it and another mic. I appreciate that. I really do. We do really need that. But, folks, really what we need out there, if you're listening, if you've got an old screen around there, we need another screen really bad. Actually, I could use two of them really, really badly, but I also need a decent camera because we're trying to go video. You know, you think, well, you must get tons of donations. You should just go buy one. Well, most all money goes into the mission church, and so it's hard to take money away unless it's for a specific donation for radio. The donations come in. We use them for the Wichita Mission Church, you know, um, to keep... The, to, to do that, and it takes so much money to do it. And I'm not trying to overbeg you in that way. You won't listen to the program, so we'll move on from that. But anyway, Radio Airtime's coming up. It's due on the 1st, and so pray about supporting Radio Airtime. We really do need your help for that. If you enjoy these programs and you're blessed by them, then you should donate to Radio after all. Remember, we're not like a lot of radio programs. I'm not out here trying to sell you um, survival food and such, even though I believe strongly that you should have survival food, I'm not going to tell you you need it and sell it to you. I just can't do that. Even though they offered me a pretty good commission for doing that, I just can't do it. It's just not me. And so we don't sell anything, and so we need your help. So pray about it. Um, remember, all donations, no matter what size, helps. And the father notices all donations that come from where? Your heart. And remember, pray about it. Pray about it. Pray about it. You can donate online or mail a check or money order, and you can find all that information at prophecyhour.com or call me at 620-878-4682. Now back to to what I was talking about. You know, even the the protesters uh, that's in Chicago say when when Trump gets there, they're, they're going to be violent. And, you know, so what is behind all these violent protesters? You know, they, it's not like it's just something that, that happened, uh, you know, uh, simultaneously, I guess, is what I'm looking for, or, you know, just showed up and it accidentally happened, it got violent. But no, they said that they planned to be violent. And so who is really behind this? And who is behind Hillary and the globalist people? Um, have you ever heard of George Soros? Now, while there's a lot of globalists, this man seems to have his hand on everything. I mean, George Soros fund, funded uh, a big part of Obama's election, and he also is a big man behind Hillary Clinton. And he also wrote a thing called the Open Border Initiative, where he believes that the world should be nothing but open borders. And if you don't believe me, you just go Open Border Initiative, George Soros, and Google it, and you'll see what I'm talking about. And you'll see that all of the, where all of these politicians get their ideas, or it sure seems like they all get their ideas from this one man who, you know, it's also a think tank. But you have to believe that for George Soros, there's so many of these other Illuminati people behind him. 
And so this is their thing. No border. And if you have no border, then America becomes like the other countries, becomes like America and Mexico gets the, the same. Now, I mean, I'm not trying, I'm not putting down Mexico, but it is not up to par as what the freedoms and things that you have here in the United States. It's not as safe as the United States, or the United States really isn't all that safe right now, but there's the point. With open borders, um, anybody could come in. They could bring anything in. Obama admitted recently, it's been admitted, they're not even vetting the people that come in because they really have no way to vet them. It's just the idea is cram everybody in here. And if we can't get it done, then they won't be able to get rid of all of them. If we can't get it done by the time it say it changes to a conservative or a so-called conservative, and we shut the border, that these people, um, they're just their, their mere presence here is a danger to us because they don't bring, they don't come in wanting American values. They come in wanting to change America to their values. And I'm talking basically about the Muslims right now because they'll try to change us to Sharia law. And the, is they have more than one wife. And even if they don't have more than one wife, what do they do? They, they don't believe in birth control and they believe in large families. And so they will outnumber us in a short period of time. And then they hope that they'll all vote Democrat in order to keep it going. And so there you do. You lose the keys to the United States. Right now, this thing, this election is so important. You know, we know as a fact that George Soros funds Black Lives Matters and other groups, such as the, the, the violent protests that they had in Ferguson. We found out after the protests in, by the protesters themselves, that they were paid by George Soros. Well, they were George Soros gave the money to a community organizing group to pay them. Um, the group didn't pay fast enough, and so they protested the the uh, community organizing group. And come to find out, they were supposed to get five thousand dollars a month. This hasn't stopped. But how is that even legal? I mean, it seems like we're talking about a foreigner, somebody that is, does not live in this country. Back at all these people that have race, that are causing the racial riots, and but yet, you know, it's not illegal. But that's why is it illegal? Just like my wife says, I don't understand why is it somebody arrested over this stuff. Like most Americans think, well, if it's truly illegal, somebody would be arrested. Surely the FBI or somebody would go after him. But the FBI, just like they didn't go after Hillary, the FBI. And any the State Department, any of the people that are in charge of law enforcement, um, they go by what the president does. And so you don't have anybody that wants to enforce the law. That's why Trump's running on, I'm the law and order president. All we have to do, really, is start enforcing the laws that are here in this country, and America would change dramatically, dramatically. Anyway, so we know that he funded um, Ferguson protesters and others. So I don't understand why that's even, even legal. You know, we live in such a crazy world. You know, right now, um, Yeshua came from a woman's egg. You know, you realize that, right, of course. In the garden, you remember, as the story goes, um, when it was time to, to give out the punishment, the devil got his first. And her seed is going to crush you know, it was going to crush the devil's head. Well, of course, that's Yeshua. 
But you realize the great blessing that he gave to the woman before she received her punishment, which all in all, it didn't seem all that bad, but you know, he, he got her a great blessing. That meant that from her seed would crush the devil. And so the devil really hates her. But you know, a woman, part of her punishment would say that she would she would have uh, their children in, in great pain. But all that pain isn't just physical pain. That's emotional pain. You ever watched as your your mother really, maybe not your dad as much, not nothing down to all of us dads out there, but, you know, women are emotional creatures, and they have such great pain and sorrow over their children. But, you know, that great pain and sorrow is turned into wonderful prayers, emotional prayers, that when emotional prayers were attacked because it shows the faith. They cry out to the Father in this emotional faith, and those prayers are heard. That's Men, you should learn a lesson from a woman's prayers. Yeah, absolutely, because while we're cutting dry people, they really put emotion into things, and the emotion shows the faith. And so a woman was given actually a beautiful gift, and the devil doesn't like women. He doesn't like it at all. And so now what's going on? Um, now they're talking about how these children are going to be able to be made from just any kind of a cell in a man. And really, we're talking about having children without a female egg. Now, yeah, that's possible. But I mean, it's my understanding that the spark of life and the spirit is placed into children when a male sperm hits the female egg. In fact, scientists have recently said there's an actual, literal spark when that happens. And the father does that. Would our fathers still do this? Would these children come forward without a spirit? Would there be some, or would there be some kind of other spirit, like maybe that of a fallen angel that would get into these children? I really don't know. I'm not God, and I'm not a scientist. I don't know. But it just doesn't sound right. Does it sound right to you? Is this the kind of world you want to live in? And so these things are going on, even if, and what about war? You know, it says we hear wars and rumors of wars, and, you know, people move along with their business and say, yeah, everything's going on over there in Syria. But, you know, there's a proxy war going on with Syria. Actually, one side of this proxy war is Russia giving armaments and military advice and bombings and everything to the side of the Syrians which we want to overthrow the Syrians. So we're um, giving guns, ammunition to other people. And in one case, that's how ISIS got started, but that's another program. Maybe we'll get Frank on to come and tell us about that sometime. But anyway, um, point is, is that um, it's a proxy war. So Russia and America are already at war. That could change at any moment because of of stray bombs, and they're already talking about things where it's went over and people have accidentally got blown up or whatever. But the point is, it could escalate into not a proxy war, but a war between the United States and um, Russia. You know that America doesn't believe in uh, first-strike use of nuclear weapons, but Russia does. Russia believes in using nuclear weapons to stop escalation of war. In other words, they believe if they start to lose a little bit, you know, then they believe that they are fully able to use nuclear weapons. And 
So that's we're at a very dangerous, dangerous place. It's been prophesied that Mystery Babylon um, is America and that America would be taken out by a nuclear strike. Um, and it would be Russia and, and some of the other nations. But is that possible? We don't even have to be. We do not even have to be Mystery Babylon, as these people would suggest. And I'm not saying that we're not. I just don't know because my Bible doesn't say Mystery Babylon is absolutely America. So I don't know. I'm not the Seth Lord kind of guy when, you know, I might feel as something, but unless he gives me verbalization of it and I see it in writing, I don't want to be in trouble with the Father for that saying, thus saith the Lord, when it's not thus saith the Lord. You know what I mean? But anyway, let's go back to that. But America could very well be taken out. In fact, Putin was uh, had told his generals that if Hillary comes in, then it's going to be nuclear war. Now, I've seen this report several times uh, a few months back, and that means because he couldn't work things out with her. And for Trump, he says that he can work it out. Is it possible? Is it possible we could work out a deal with him? Because after all, Russia is on the aggressive stance right now. And, but you can't blame him in the sense that you've got to flip it around and look from their side of the point of view, you know. Um, they're back in Syria, which is actually, even though you didn't, we might not like what Syria did or was doing, but Syria was keeping the foot, his, their foot on Islamist over there. And it, for all intents and purposes, it's a legitimate nation. Well, did we have the right to, un, to take him out? Um, and it's an ally of Russia. Russia said, you're my ally. I will back you up if something happens. And so they're doing what their agreement is with them. They're honoring their agreement. And, you know, you could say, well, evil, bad, good, whatever. I'm not arguing that. But look what Obama did and Hillary did, absolutely. Libya, Libya, you know, Gaddafi, he was holding his foot on the Islamists. Libya is just a mess, you know. It's crazy. It's the same way with, with Iraq and all the things that we were keeping down. Obama turned it loose. Obama turned it loose, and it caused a realignment of nations that's even happening right now, and all getting ready for the finale of things when Yeshua returns, which would be the war of Armageddon. And so those things are coming up. It's getting worse. It's getting worse, folks. Will America be saved out of this mess? Will we have a place of safety called America anymore? Will the freedom that you're enjoying right now last on, but, you know, I think it's a veil. If you lift the veil, you, your freedom has been taken away. I'm 61 years old. I had more freedom when I was young than I do now. I can see it be taken away, but people are like robot zombies. You know, they're walking around with their cell phones and, and into the many little computers and all they're interested in what's going on on that screen. They don't have a grasp with reality. Maybe here within the center of the United States, we do have a little better grasp but there's so many people that are completely sidetracked, and I worry about our youth. But, you know, um, I was talking to a young man, uh, and I'm hoping maybe he ends up listening to this radio program. I talked to him in the gym the other night. He's a millennial. And he originally was, I think, for Hillary, or, you know, but then he really looked for himself, and he saw all the evilness of the things. And so, you know, he is going to vote for um Trump, 
But, and it's also like, you know, I was out talking to a black man on the street corner, and, and I say black man, not because I believe that we're different in blood, it's just that's what he is. And you should know this for what I'm going to say. And he's actually a pimp. And he's a pretty nice guy. His wife, for being a pimp, um, I witness to these people, but, and his wife, he, he prostitutes his wife. But it's actually the other way around. The wife is the major, um, you know, source of it. And she has him guarding. But anyway, make a long story short, we were talking, and he told me that, you know, he's like me. He, all the racism that keeps being brought up, he really doesn't see it. And he said, and he said Obama was just a terrible president, you know, and he caused all this racism and things, and it was brought to this country. And he is awake to see that. And so I'm not saying that he's not uneducated or not smart, but what about the educated black people out there also? Are they going to actually vote for Hillary, or are they using their intelligence and going to do this? I believe that the, they are going to vote for Trump. I am praying that it's going to be a landslide. I don't know what you're praying for, and that's because I want my family safe. I want your family safe. And that's why I do this radio program is to warn you. The Father put it on my heart to warn you, and I'm warning you. And, you know, for as much as I'm worried about my family, I'm worried about yours. I am worried about yours, and I'm worried about my brothers and sisters, meaning the, my, fellow, my fellow people in Messiah. I'm worried about you, and I'm worried about you when you go to church and your pastor doesn't tell you the truth, or he just avoids all these issues. Maybe he isn't lying to you, but maybe he's just avoiding the truth. So you need to hear these things. These things need to come out. It's critical. The world is on the brink. Anybody that says it isn't just, you don't, you're not looking. You're not looking hard enough. That is, it's on the brink for those that want a, a free way of life and a Christian way of life a Yeshua way of life, that is what is in danger. If you want the, the world's way of life, well, then, then you know, uh, it's going on. Well, that is, unless we come to a war, because you know what? We could very well be in a war with Russia at any moment. And we are, is, Islamic terrorism, as they call it, or whatever, it is at war with the infidels. We're the infidels to them. And, you know, we should be watching also. I need to get this in. Right now, the Deutschel, now I can't pronounce this, so I'm going to spell it, D-E-U-T-S-C-H-E, bank in Germany, looks like it could go under any time. This could have a domino effect, and it's already ready to happen. I mean, listen to this real quick report that I'm going to give. Just a few short weeks ago, the German government recommended that its citizens prepare for a national emergency by stockpiling food, water, and cash. Was this impending economic collapse? Here's the reason why. This is a nation that isn't used to having to deal with such things, and their hardline stance against the Greek financial crisis put them in a position whereby they will look hypocritical if they step in to help a German financial institution, basically when they turn their backs on Greece. A bank holiday left the Greeks with no access to money, and their financial collapse resulted in tens of thousands of Greeks being unable to feed their kids in a skyrocketing suicide rate. Merkel, that's the, the prime minister of, of Germany, open-door policy for migrants has also caused some deep divisions with massive gangs among the far right who have pledged to get out of migration. Their country is almost in civil war, so to speak. The country is being besieged by sexual assaults and a rise of violence over the last few months has one to ask how long the strong men of Europe 
keep traveling on its present course. The point is, is Europe is teetering on the brink. Although we're thousands of miles away, we must take a note what happens here because this could all fall over like a house of dynamos, like a house of cards. And you, you could go to the Organic Prepper for more on this, or you just Google this bank. And I think even the Drudge Report has something right on the front, uh, you know, right on their thing about this bank. This could be a domino effect. I really believe most all the banks out there are just being propped up. And if and look for this to happen, a lot of it is being propped up before the elections to make Obama look good. What happens after the election if Trump comes into office? It, you could, we could be faced with a huge financial collapse. Anyway, pray about support in Wichita Mission Church. But really, tonight I'm asking you to pray about supporting radio because we need to pay radio airtime. So please, please, please support radio. We could use your donations. Remember, we really need a camera so we can go to video. We're trying to transition things to you. And remember, this is just a small ministry and, you know, a, a church, and we really do need your help. But remember, there is only one God. He is your father. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His son is Yeshua HaMashiach. He gave his life for our repented sins and rose three days after three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And through him, and only through him, is the way to the Father. Remember, always, always, always be a blessing to others. How can you be saved if you're not a blessing to others? I don't understand that. People go around, oh, I'm saved, I believe in Yeshua, I believe in Jesus. But really, you know, the way they treat people and their kindness, and I don't understand it. You must be a blessing to others. I mean, if not, how can that spirit in you be working? I don't get it. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That is like praying for Messiah's return. That is like praying for Yeshua's return. Because there really will never be any peace, for that matter, in the world, period, until Yeshua returns. Remember um, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and all your soul. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Lord our God, Father, King Universe, asking Yeshua HaMashiach's name, that Father, that you would bless and keep them, and that your face would shine upon them, and please be gracious to them, and give them peace like no one or nothing else can. Until an hour from now, this is Pastor Dan saying goodbye and shalom. You've just heard the Messiah's Branch broadcast featuring Pastor Dan. To contact Dan on the Internet, go to messiahsbranch.org. To write to Dan, send a note to Messiah's Branch, 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Tune in next time for Messiah's Branch.
West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Or donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com. Or simply call 316-619-4886. 
Grandma worked from dawn to dusk and then cooked dinner, cleaned up before retiring for the evening. They drank raw milk, ate organic, free-range meat before it was considered a fad, and the only processed food they knew of was the process of making your own butter, canning, or using sprouted soaked grains to make bread that was good for you. Thanks to convincing these people that they need these medications, we have made the golden years everything but golden. The damage these medications cause keeps the elderly from being able to enjoy the outside and be as active in their life as they would like. I get to see many wonderful things happen when we're given the opportunity to treat these people naturally with the products that I believe God intended for them to take. And teaching people that they can do many of the things they've been told were bad for them gives them gives us an opportunity to treat them and help them quit doing things that they were told were good that are bad and they start getting the quality of their life back and what they find is that things that they thought were lost in their life they can do again so if you have any questions or comments ever on the way I see it you feel free to contact me at 832-220-6163 and the email address is Dave Krupa K-R-O-U-P-A at sbcglobal.net Okay on to some stuff on women's health now women are complicated guys if you don't know this you will and ladies you already know this and you're probably smiling because you know how it is you, you can have all kinds of things happen as a woman and not know what's going on, but know that it's driving you crazy. Uh, I see all kinds of patients. Sometimes the husbands are telling me that she's got all these mood swings and hot flashes and anger and they don't know what to do. And sometimes the woman's telling me the same story and she doesn't know why it's happening to her and they're frustrated and they want help. Well, I can tell you this, in most all cases with women, there's a hormone imbalance and usually they're estrogen dominant and it's causing all kinds of grief. Now years ago, every time you turned around, they would put a woman on estrogen and they'd put them on progesterone creams when, when the progesterone wasn't as high as the estrogen and this would make everybody feel better symptom-wise, but it was causing a lot of underlying problems. And finally, in the last few years, the government admitted in the pharmaceutical industry that estrogen given to these women was the direct connection to cancer, especially the breast cancers. We all knew that. We were teaching it forever. But unfortunately, when the government gets involved, and they shouldn't, they ought to stay out of health care and quit making it political. Uh, the pharmaceutical guys had the backing, and they were, and still today, sometimes I'll hear women were being put on some kind of an estrogen. One of the big ones out there for a long time was uh, Premarin. 
And Premarin stood for pregnant mare urine. So they took the urine from this pregnant mare and they were giving this to women. Well, it helped with symptoms maybe a little bit, but the problem underneath was hormone imbalance, estrogen dominant, and guess what? They made it worse. So many things that you ladies encounter, especially mood swings and rough period cycles when the when the menstrual cycle is just difficult, spotting, heavy bleeding, not bleeding, you think it's starting, it doesn't start, all kinds of crazy stuff. Usually estrogen's the culprit. Now they used to love to do the progesterone creams because that would alleviate some of the symptoms because estrogen was too high, they raised progesterone with these creams and that caused all kinds of havoc. Plus, the, the uh, progesterone creams, even after you stopped using it, would linger in your body for up to six months. So this wasn't a good thing. Um, they also found that women on statin drugs, which I hate to even think that women are still taking statin drugs, but they are, this upset the ability for the liver to make cholesterol and the hormones are made from cholesterol. And what they found out that the women on these statin drugs had horrible mood swings, anger, just not happy. And they don't know they didn't know why, they just knew they were miserable. A lot of times when I when I meet patients especially if I, I do a, a nutritional consult or we're doing counseling for a couple, the husband will say, you know, she's, she's just going crazy over here. And, and sometimes the women will know it. Sometimes they don't realize it because it's them, but they know something's not right and they want help. Years ago, I treated a, a male patient first. And after a while... He was telling me some of the problems his wife was having, and he was hoping she would come to me. And after he started getting better, she watched him heal and become healthy and vibrant. She asked to come in one day. And so we, we talked, and we started treating her. And then one day the husband came in, and he said, Doc, I don't know what you're doing with my wife, but whatever you're doing with her, Please continue because he said even the food is better. So I guess things at home had really improved. And you know, ladies, if you feel bad, what what else can you do? I mean, I, I tell women all the time, you spend so much time worrying about how good you look that if you're feeling bad, who cares how good you look? You, you you're so miserable, you you can't enjoy your life. So if, if you have any of those problems, I, I, I'm i going to go over just a couple of things. Well, that's more than that. I take it back. There's a list of things that you can receive that kicks back and relates to estrogen dominance. And so if this sounds like any of you out there, you know how to get in touch with me. It's 832-220-6163, and we'll talk about it. But here's some common symptoms that we see when women are estrogen dominant, and I'll go into some of the causes in a minute, 
but here's some of the symptoms. Anxiety, irritability, anger, agitation. Okay, that's bad all right there. We don't have to go any further. That needs to be fixed. Cramps, heavy bleeding, prolonged bleeding, clots. Women, you know that's hell. Everyone I've ever had talk to me about all that. That's a nightmare. Water retention, weight gain, and bloating. Well, I've never met anybody that likes water retention, weight gain, or bloating, but especially a woman trying to watch her figure and not being pregnant see this happen. She's not a happy camper. Uh, breast tenderness, lumpiness, enlargement, fibrocytic breast, mood swings, depression. This happens a lot. Up and down, happy, depressed, sad, cry at the drop of a hat, get in a hard argument with your boyfriend or husband and not even know what you're upset about, and he has no clue anyway. Uh, food cravings, sweet cravings, chocolate cravings, this can be estrogen dominance. Muscle pain, joint pains, and back pain. Now, what I find on that is a lot of times it can be estrogen dominant as a large part, but also the young mothers with little kids are lifting and picking kids up the wrong way all day long, and finally it catches up with their poor back. So there's usually a two-part story to back pain. Uh, foggy, thinking, memory difficulties, estrogen dominance, acne, fat gain, especially in the abdomen and the hips and the thighs, Cold hands and feet, blood sugar instability, irregular menstrual cycle, and this is a big one right here that I run into a lot, both men and women don't like this, decreased sex drive, the libido just dies, gallbladder problems, infertility, that's really bad if you're trying to have a baby and all this is going on, you can't get pregnant. Insomnia, where you you know you're not going to sleep because you're miserable. Osteoporosis, endometriosis, polycystic ovaries, uh, uterine fibroids, cervical dysplasia, allergic tendencies, autoimmune disorder, breast, uterine, cervical, uh, and ovarian cancer. Those are just the common things that we run into because a woman's estrogen dominant. The, the biggest check engine light, ladies, is you don't feel good, and you notice you're having mood swings, and maybe you cry for no reason. Maybe you're angry as hell, and you don't know why, and it's not your fault. This is a real problem, and if you're on a statin drug, you know, you're shooting yourself in the foot with your own silver bullets, because the statin drug shuts down the liver's ability to make cholesterol, and cholesterol is what's used for every hormone in the body. And when you, when you start shutting down the ability to make cholesterol, the brain suffers because it's a sponge for cholesterol. When the sun shines on your skin, it converts cholesterol to vitamin D. That can relate to all kinds of problems, including back pain. So there's a lot going on, ladies. And most of the time, it's estrogen dominance. Now, you have to be careful. Everything that is a plastic is what we call xenohormones. 
it mimics estrogen. So I, I tell all the ladies, whenever possible, don't use plastic for you. Not so bad for the guys, but they still have some problems with it. But for women, if you're drinking out of a glass, you're better off glass or stainless. But plastic comes back to haunt you. And this estrogen dominance, it just causes so many problems. It's just not worth it. Now, stress can cause an excess amount of cortisol, and that places progesterone, so that makes estrogen rise. The xenohormones are one of the biggest, biggest things in the world. Um, any kind of uh, contraceptive, oral or injected, it can cause uh, estrogen to rise. Hormone therapy, the way the pharmaceutical guys do it, will make estrogen rise. Adrenal fatigue, well, if you're stressed out and wore out, the adrenals are the first guys to get beat up. And your diet better be good, low-carb, low, uh, high-fat, and, um, you know, usually it's not. Usually it's low-fat, high-carb, high-sugars, and that wears out the adrenals. The adrenals use more vitamin C than anything. If you're hungry, the adrenals kick in. If you're scared, it's fight or flight, the adrenals kick in. Blood sugar drops, the adrenals kick in. So if your diet isn't good in taking care of the adrenals, it can have a lot of problems. Uh, you can have luteal insufficiency, which is the ovarian progesterone production. Uh, obesity. If, if a woman is postmenopause, especially, estrogen is made of fat cells. So if you have excess fat to start with, well, you're going to have excess estrogen because it makes excess fat cells make more estrogen cells. So a lot of things can cause this. What, what we do in my office is I sit down and talk to you and listen to you. And if you bring your husband, I'll watch his eyes roll as you tell me the story. And sometimes a woman will say, ask him. He's always complaining. And I hear from a lot of couples that they don't know what's wrong and a lot younger age today with the sex life. And this is pretty important. And I've had young couples tell me, we don't know what's wrong. And, you know, they're attracted to each other. But the stress, traffic, raising children, paying bills, working, and, and trying to figure it all out doesn't leave them much time for themselves. And then if the wife or the husband, either one, has a hormone imbalance, poor diet, it can, it can destroy these things. I, I've lost count of how many times women have told me, I have no desire anymore, but if you could fix that, my husband would sure be happy. And, you know, all the, all the guys say that every once in a while, it's the guy who's got an imbalance, and uh, he's lost the desire. And that's a bad thing because then the women start doubting themselves and wonder if he doesn't find them attractive. So part of my job is not just nutritional healing, but sometimes it's the emotional counseling and things that we have to work through and help them uh, understand that things aren't their problem. I think this is one of the reasons they make doctors take a lot of psychology when you go to school because it's a big part of what you do. That, that old line about bedside manner, 
is is really true. You you need to know how to listen and help people. And it isn't about telling them everything you think you know or how smart you are as a doctor. It's listen to your patient. And most of the time they'll tell you exactly what's wrong and you'll know as soon as they get into it a little bit that the thyroid and adrenals are in trouble, they're estrogen dominant, and there's a lot of stuff that needs to be fixed. And as I always tell you, we're not allowed to say we can cure anything, but I can tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I have seen a lot of miracles. A lot of people get their lives back, their passion back, their desire. They lose the weight. Uh, I've had a few come when they were trying to get pregnant, and we had to balance all the hormones, so that was right. Many of them with cysts in the breast and the and the fallopian tube or the ovaries, always an estrogen-dominant hormone imbalance problem. And I've seen wonderful, wonderful things happen. I've been really blessed being able to help people. And if you women have had ovarian cysts or fallopian tube cysts or breast cysts, you know how painful, especially the ovarian cysts, it can be really, really rough. So a lot of things that we can do for you. Uh, if you experience any of these problems, if you're having the mood swings, if you get angry and you don't know why, if if you hurt everywhere, uh, if you cry for no reason, if you've lost the desire for uh, sex, we can, we can address all this and we can get your life back to normal. Uh, like I said, I've seen a lot of wonderful miracles since we're not allowed to say we can cure things. And a lot of times it's more than just one one issue. Uh, it may be the food. It may be stress. It may be that the hormones are way out of whack. The estrogen is dominant. I used to see a lot of women doing everything with plastic, and it was causing them nightmares. So we, we try to get everybody off of that now. But you, you saw when I, when I read that, uh, to some of the ideas that cause this stuff and a lot of the uh, symptoms, it's pretty massive and a lot of things can be traced back to estrogen dominance and the fact that plastic is what we call a xenohormone and it mimics all of that. So it can drive ladies absolutely crazy and they don't know what's wrong. They don't know what to do. You could turn on the TV and there's all kinds of products that will help with the hot flashes and the mood swings, supposedly, but most of the time they're just temporary fixes to cover some symptoms, but the underlying problem is still getting worse. So you don't, you don't want to go down that road. Uh, I want to make it where you feel better because you're getting better. There's a big difference that's very important to me because... If you feel good, then you're going to look better, and it makes sense. But to worry about looking good when you don't feel good doesn't make a lot of sense. And it's not going to make anybody in your world very happy if you think you look great, but you're not much fun to be around and you can't figure out what's wrong. And so many things that we're going to be able to do to help you. Uh, like I said, if anybody would like to call in, the number is 1-800-932-1980. Uh, 
Uh, we're getting ready to go to commercial break here in a minute. When we come back, we're going to talk about some things like soy and some different hormonal things that we can do and help you through all that mess. So it'll be a little bit more into uh, some of the things that I actually do, some things that we see when, you know, we can do hair analysis, saliva testing, and they're good tests and they tell me a lot, but they never tell me near as much as just listening to you. And women really know their bodies. You listen to a woman and she can explain things really well. She may not know what to do, but she knows what's wrong. So anyway, we're going to go to a short commercial break, and we will be right back. from if the power is out for an extended period of time, I'd like to suggest Numana Foods, a family-owned business with a passion for food quality and taste, as well as long-term storage reliability. Numana.com. Check them out for your family's health and security. Food so good tasting and good for you, it can be eaten every day. Standard buckets are GMO-free, contain no aspartame, high fructose corn syrup, autolyzed yeast extract, chemical preservatives, or soy. You can be confident your Numana meals will be there for you and your family when you need them during an emergency. Numana.com, a nutritionally healthy way to prepare for any disaster. That's Numana.com, N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. Maintaining your home air conditioner is just as important as maintenance on your car. You don't know the big difference there's going to be until you've had the work done. I thought my system was working fine, but now it's better than ever. Galen Beatty did it for me, and he'll do it for you. Good servicing will not only keep your system performing well during the sweltering summers here in Houston, but it will save you money year after year. In my case, it cut my AC power consumption by 20%. Do what I did. Have Galen Beatty set up regular AC maintenance to cut your energy bill and prevent system failure at the worst time. And what's better than being comfortable and saving money? Whether you need a basic tune-up or it's time to put in a new super efficient system, you should call BDAC 281-222-9591. That's 281-222-9591 to schedule an AC system tune-up. BDAC and Heat. That's B-E-E-D-E-A-C and Heat.com. BDAC and Heat.com. BDAC and Heat.com. 
I would like to tell you about the only truly natural dog and cat food I have found anywhere. Most all companies add a synthetic vitamin mineral pack to their dry or kibble food. Nature's logic is different. With all natural ingredients and nothing man-made added, their owner, Scott Freeman, worked for another pet food company but decided he wanted to do things right. So he started Nature's Logic. You can check them out at natureslogic.com. You will find online and local stores where you can find their products. I spent a lot of time trying to find an all-natural pet food, and Nature's Logic was the only one out there. Give your pets the best and check out naturelogic.com. Your pets will be glad you did. They also have many other natural pet products to try. Welcome to Dr. Krupa's Natural Health Hour. I am your host, Dr. Krupa, and we are an American Voice Radio Network. And if you'd like to be on the show, you have a question, you'd like to talk to us, it is 1-800-932-1980. You'll also see my Facebook post. I do post the shows after we do them, uh, and they're on there for a week, and you can always go to the AmericanVoiceRadio.com, and you'll see it under archives. You can check out all the shows. Uh, they're up there for a full week after they're done. Okay, we've been talking about women's health. And, guys, you know, if the women are healthy and happy, your life's a lot better. Because we're, guys, we're just, we're not like them, and we screw up much more regular. So... If they're in a better mood and things are going well for them, then everybody's happier and it, it makes our life a lot easier. They feel good. And it's it's easier to to do things when they feel better because you don't walk in and wonder why they're crying or what they're upset about when you don't know if you did anything wrong or not. And most of us guys, we're always wondering what we did wrong. One of the things I wanted to talk about is there was a big push for a long time about soy. Well, soy is not a good thing in the kind of dosages that the Americans decided was good for you. And there was some articles that said, oh, but the Asians, they do all this soy and they're so healthy. Well, when they checked, the amount of soy the Asians used was so small, and it was only a seasoning. It wasn't like what they were doing here in this crazy country. Here you see soy milk and soy this and soy that. They went nuts. Uh, the Asians weren't doing it. But again, the lies and the propaganda were out there, and so all these women were drinking soy milk and all this other crap. 
and it was making them miserable and messing up their hormones and making them estrogen dominant and they didn't know what was going on so they were not happy now you'll see soy and some of the nutritional products but it doesn't have that allergic uh, there's a there's a part of soy that's got that allergenic reaction and it's not in most all the good supplements like a company like Standard Process or Midier. So the soy that you'll see in some of the products is good. The part that's in there is good for you on small amounts. But they kept trying to tell Americans how much soy everybody in Asia used, and it wasn't true. And so the poor women were buying it, and they were buying everything with soy in it, and it was really screwing them up. So we don't want to do that. Another big problem, ladies, that I see is when you get pregnant, and we'll get into, if we have enough time, we'll get into the cycle and, and all that in a little bit. But when you get pregnant, or if, you, if you're planning on getting pregnant, we need to do some kind of a prenatal, and then when you're pregnant, natal, um, vitamins that are whole food natural and good for you now I've told this story before but I'm going to repeat it many years ago when my oldest daughter was having her first child her uh, friend's dad was an OBGYN and she went to him with her pregnancy and he gave her a bottle of prenatal vitamins from the hospital and right away she brought them to me and said dad look at these and tell me what if they're good or not well I looked at them and they were completely synthetic at best fractionated junk there was nothing in there good she'd have been better off to eat the plastic bottle so she took them back to the doctor and told him my dad's a doctor and he studies this and he said this is junk and he said well I don't study it the hospital gives them to us to give out because they can charge crazy prices and he said if my dad studied it and he knew nutrition then I'd be listening to him and taking his advice well believe it or not she did which is pretty rare because she never took much of my advice anyway so what happens ladies your body's getting ready. You know, you you got a you got a one person factory going there and all of a sudden now the factory's gotta take on another person and if you take synthetic vitamins and minerals, your factory's gonna run out of supplies real fast. So it's important that while you're trying to get pregnant we balance the hormones and that we put you on good whole food natural vitamins I have a complete prenatal and natal protocol that we do and while you're pregnant very important to eat good and take the natal vitamins and then when the baby's born and especially because you're still breastfeeding everything that we do is going to affect that baby still so we need to make sure that we take care of mom with good nutrition now what you've heard many many times is this 
stuff about women after they have the baby going through this postpartum depression and and nobody knows what's going on. Well, what's going on is real simple. You have a woman's body that was a factory for one, became a factory for two, and is completely drained and depleted and there's almost no supplies left because she was on synthetic vitamins prenatal and natal, and didn't know to eat better or not, didn't know what all she was supposed to do. And the baby's born, and it all comes to a final head, and she's just wore down to a frazzle. And her hormones are out of whack. She's probably estrogen dominant. And she's all messed up. Crazy mood swings, depression, anxiety, all because of simple nutritional deficiencies from the beginning. Yet you don't build a baby factory and not put anything in there. So um, let me see here. I, I, somebody just, oh, they, they were asking about lecithin. I guess soy lecithin, which is part of the B vitamins. Uh, if, if standard process or Mediherb has it, it's always going to be non-GMO. So the, the, the soy that you'll see in some of their products does not have that allergenic component, and it's, and it's actually good for you, but it's not all the soy. Uh, most, most of the soy that we're talking about that people deal with when they compare it to the Asians, well, the Asians were only using small amounts of seasoning, and here they were making soy milk and all the other crazy stuff. So soy lecithin, which is I think what that question was asking me, is what they were talking about. And that and that's not got the the bad component. And the lecithin is part of the B vitamins, natural. So it's a good thing. So if you see soy lecithin and it comes from a legitimate company like Standard Process and Mediherb, it's it's fine. But it's very important. Um, Frank was asking me at the break about some different protocols, and so I'll, I'll go into some of that. Uh, one of the first things that I do ever is to balance that estrogen and progesterone when they're estrogen dominant is things like a chase tree that I have from Mediherb, and that's a, that's a good product, and it helps an awful lot balance that out. And then we have to do things for the adrenals and the thyroid, and you got to remember, when a, when a lady's pregnant, some of the hormone uh, that is involved, or I should say when they're going through their, their menstrual cycle on the way to maybe getting pregnant, some of those hormones come from the pituitary and the hypothalamus. It tells it what to do. So like um, the luteinizing, uh, what is it, the luteinizing stimulating hormone the pituitary is involved. Uh, the what else is it? Is the uh, follicle stimulating hormone is talked to from the pituitary. So all of this, the pituitary, the hypothalamus, talks to the adrenals, the thyroid, and the ovaries, and that's how we determine the body gets its feedback on what hormones are needed. So if if a woman's going through her menstrual cycle, that first 15 days, estrogen starts slowly climbing 
and it reaches a peak right around day 14, uh, 13, somewhere in there. And then at 14 or 15 is when ovulation takes place. And so that's when that, that egg is, you know, going to be uh, in the opening of the, of the follicle into the ovum and start to start its trek through the fallopian tubes. So when, when these hormones are out of balance, that, that ovum may not get rid of the, um, the follicle and it may end up becoming a, a follicular cyst or an ovarian cyst. And so that's when we know there's a problem, there's too much estrogen. In that second 15 days of the cycle, uh, you'll see estrogen kind of start waning down a little bit and progesterone will start to rise. And now if, if there's an egg and it gets fertilized and pregnancy is going to start, then, then you'll see different hormones. But if, if there is no pregnancy and there's no egg to be fertilized, then progesterone and estrogen drop back off around the 28th, 29th, 30th, and then day one starts the first day of the bleeding, the sloughing off of all that, and starts that menstrual cycle. So it, very complicated. Uh, the luteinizing hormone builds up in that first 15 days, and then it drops off, and the uh, follicular-stimulating uh, hormone, the follicle-stimulating hormone, kicks in and they uh, it, it kind of drops down uh, a little bit during the second 15 days. So a lot going on. Estrogen is the big player the first 15 days of the cycle, then progesterone. And so if, if estrogen isn't dropping off, if there's a problem, then you're not going to have a pregnancy. And so this is where that estrogen dominance comes into play. And even though the pituitary may be talking to the hypothalamus and the thyroid and the adrenals and the ovary, it can't do everything it needs to do. So uh, with that estrogen up there, we've got to do something, and that's where Chase Tree comes in. I also use uh, a tribulus from uh, MediHerb. It's very good for a couple trying to get pregnant if you've lost the desire uh, for sex. It helps balance the hormones. And then we also have specifics like Standard Process has um, Simplex F for women and Simplex M for men. And the M for men, the only difference between that and the women's is the men's, the last part is testes, and for the women's it's ovaries. But all these things are aimed at helping the body fix itself and balance things out. You also have uh, gonad trophin releasing hormone from the hypothalamus. It stimulates the pituitary to produce that follicle stimulating hormone and the luteinizing hormone. Uh, the luteinizing hormone is the one that stimulates the follicle to rupture and be released and release that egg. And the follicle-stimulating hormone for the pituitary stimulates the follicle to mature and prepare to release an egg. So all these things go back to everybody talking, getting the hormones balanced. And if estrogen's real high, nothing's going to happen. 
if you're taking a progesterone cream, well, guess what? Progesterone's going to be high those first 15 days also, and you're not going to get pregnant, and you're going to be miserable. So there's just a lot of stuff going on that we need to look at because it's not just a simple take one pill and everything's perfect. And once you get all this balanced and you're trying to get pregnant, it'll work. Uh, I've been very blessed. There's only been a, a, a handful over the years that came to me that couldn't get pregnant and asked for my help. And each time we got to see uh, them have a baby, if they followed all the things we wanted to do. And sometimes, for whatever reason, couples won't continue. One will do it and the other one won't. And you got to have both parties participating to make sure that both are fertile and healthy and keeping everything balanced in the hormones. But the secret, the first secret of all this is to balance estrogen and progesterone. And that's why I like Midi Herbs Chase Tree product because it works very well on helping do that. And also we got to make sure digestion's right. You would, you don't think about digestion that much when all this stuff's going crazy, but if your digestion's wrong, it doesn't matter how you eat or what you take. It doesn't break down. It doesn't get absorbed into right places. And it might just go right on through and into the toilet. So it's very important. One of the things I always like to do with people when I first meet them is make sure we address digestion. I like to use a product from Standard Process called Okra Pepsin, which goes from in to out and cleanses and heals everything. It's a very wonderful thing for people that have any kind of inflammation of the bowel, I don't care what the fancy name is, Crohn's or irritable bowel or whatever they want to call it. Uh, all those inflammatory things, Ocrepepsin is a wonderful healer. And also we use chlorophyll complex, which will help restore the intestinal lining. But what's nice about uh, Ocrepepsin is you have like little fingers, little villi from the Italian word, which means fingers in the ear intestine from end out. There's probably about 26 feet in all. And it helps cleanse and heal that, So, and that's where the nutrients are absorbed. So once the digestion is right, once we start talking about diet, make sure you're eating good, then we go and start correcting this hormone imbalance. And you can get pregnant if you want. Uh, your desire will come back. I, I have never not seen desire and all these things fall back in place if we follow a, a good protocol and and it's there are no set protocols because every woman's different thank god and so what we try to do is i listen and troubleshoot with your feedback so i'm i'm waiting for you to tell me what we do next and make me look really smart and then I listen to you, and we'll go down this road. And if your body tells us to do something else, we'll go down that road. But I don't give up, and we're going to figure it out. And we can usually make for a lot of very happy homes because, ladies, if you're going through this, you're miserable, and everybody else is probably walking on eggshells, and you don't even know what's going on or why, and they don't know what's going on or why. 
And I'm sure there's been lots of arguments and fights and maybe even, unfortunately, some divorces and breakups in, in early relationships that were nothing more than a simple hormone imbalance and estrogen dominance that could have helped, could have been helped and made such a difference for people. It, it's very sad that a lot of bad things can happen, but you don't realize how powerful this hormonal system is. If you ever do uh, like a hair analysis or a saliva test, things like that, you'll find that your copper runs parallel with what's going on with estrogen and your zinc levels will be with progesterone. So you can always see those kind of things. Another thing, ladies, makeup. I attended a um, seminar from a lady doctor, and she used to do, I think it was Lancome, and she said she did not realize how many things in the makeup stuff mimicked estrogen and had hormone-like effects. And she tested herself, and then five years later was still seeing the effects of that makeup in her hair analysis, saliva test, and blood work, mostly in hair analysis and saliva test. So if you're trying to look beautiful, and most of you don't need makeup, my experience has been the ones that don't need makeup aren't usually uh, aware of that, and they're putting it on thinking they need it, and if somebody really needs it, they probably don't use it anyway. But the most of these makeups, you've got to be very careful. If they're not of natural uh, ingredients, they can cause you all the problems that I just described. They can drive estrogen to the roof. They can imbalance estrogen and progesterone. They can mess up the thyroid and the adrenals, the mood swings, irregular menstrual cycles, you name it. So be very careful. She said it was five years, and she still was seeing residual effects of that makeup that she was trying. And there are some companies out there that are now going more and more natural. Uh, there's a few companies like 100% Pure, uh, Just Natural. And I know my friend from Mary Kay says Mary Kay's now got a full lineup uh, of natural uh plant-based uh, makeups and stuff. So people are getting better, but that's what you need to look for. If you're using makeup and it's got a bunch of weird ingredients and you don't recognize them, it's probably stuff that you don't want to be putting on your face. So please find something natural and your body will thank you. And it's going to take a while for that stuff to leave you, the bad stuff. What else were we going to touch on here? Let's see. Oh, um, on the vitamins. Every woman needs to be taking some kind of a good whole food vitamin like Catalan or Emuplex. Uh, Standard Process All Hustle has those two. They have another one called Cellular Vitality. But Catalan is probably one of the best for everybody, but especially for a woman. Um, it's got everything you need, a couple of small tablets. You can chew it. It doesn't taste bad at all. 
and it's made from all whole food sources that covers it all. And when when you're gonna think about getting pregnant, we gotta make sure you've got good folic acid and B12. We gotta make sure you've got good ferro food iron, uh, good calcium, a lot of good things that need to be there for a healthy baby and a healthy mom. And I promise you, if, if, if you do all those things, the pregnancy's easier. When we balance the hormones and get estrogen and progesterone proper, we don't see these crazy painful menstrual cycles. We don't see the, the spotting and the extra bleeding and the, all the headaches that go with that. It, it, things go a lot smoother. Uh, they talked to some women, I forget what country it was, but it was pretty remote. It was not uh, ruined by American Western medicine yet. And uh, the women didn't even know what the people were talking about when they asked them questions about menopause because they had done all these healthy, natural things handed down from generation to generation and ate these good foods and did all this stuff. And so when menopause came and went, they didn't know anything about it because they didn't have any problems. But this modern Western diet with all the crap, that, and then synthetic vitamins and minerals, which is probably one of the biggest culprits ever, uh, causes a lot of the problems. You, you'll find, and I don't like to get too political on this show, but you'll find every time the government gets involved in health, it becomes political, it becomes about money, and unfortunately the people who make the decisions don't seem to know very much about nutrition and health. And that's why... You'll see commercials where uh, people have gotten some groups to give them a, a stamp of approval on their vitamins, and if you go check it out, it's usually synthetic and fractionated and nothing very good. Well, anyway, we will do more on women's health uh, in the next few weeks. Next week, we're trying to have Scott Freeman from Nature's Logic on. I'm waiting on a confirmation on that. But uh, if, if we have him, we'll do some more on women's health the next week. If anybody has any questions, please reach out to me. At the, uh, you can do it on Facebook. It's just plain old Dave Krupa. You'll see me there. Uh, you can call me at the office, 832-220-6163. And then the, the email is Dave Krupa, K-R-O-U-P-A, at sbcglobal.net. Well, we're just about out of time. May God bless you all with health and happiness. Please be very, very quick to listen and slow to speak and try to treat others like you want to be treated, even when you feel like maybe they don't deserve it, because there'll be days when we don't deserve it and we'll want them to treat us that way. So good night, everyone. God willing, we'll see you next Wednesday. Have a great evening. Seems the love I've known has always been the most destructive kind. Guess that's why now I feel so old before my time. Yesterday, when I was young, the taste of life was sweet as rain upon my tongue. I teased at life as if it were a foolish game. 
may tease a candle flame The thousand dreams I dreamed The splendid things I planned I always built to last On weakened shifting sand I live by night And shun the naked light of day And only now I see How the years ran away Yesterday with hash um it's really funny last night i want to get a good night's sleep and the presidential debate was on at nine o'clock but you know sleep was more important than listening to bullshit so basically i recorded it and i just got done watching it about 10 minutes before i'm on the air now and my my take is hillary is a professional politician and says what she has to say in order to make it sound like she knows what she's talking about, but whether or not she will implement it is another story. Donald Trump, being a businessman, has a little bit of sense as far as making decisions and kind of knows what he wants to do to better the country. I think that a lot of the stuff that he wants to do will better the country. It might tick off a lot of people in the world, but sometimes it takes a little bit of stress to get a little bit of pleasure. So the other point was, Eight years ago, Hillary was going to run against Obama. And somewhere near the election, uh, the campaign where they had to vote for either one of them, the two of them disappeared for about a week. And after they resurfaced, it was determined that Obama would run for president and Hillary would be the next president. Because you see, it's all controlled by powers that like to remain anonymous. So Hillary becomes Secretary of State. She absolutely implements nothing. She creates disasters. She creates scandals. And now she's talking about how she's going to better everything. Well, if she was going to better everything, why didn't she do it when she was Secretary of State? And the one thing that got me, which really upset me, was, and, and I guess it was the reason why I voted for Obama, was because he said that if elected, he would push for the labeling of GMOs. Now, if he would have said, uh, what I will do is I will push for the labeling by using a barcode, 
or listing a telephone number where you had to go absolutely crazy and ballistic to find out if their product had GMO, I would have voted for Donald Duck for president or Mickey Mouse or Goofy because I don't trust him. There's nothing about him that I trust. There's nothing about Hillary Clinton that I trust because eight years ago she was picked to be the one to run for president. Now, she ran against a guy named Bernie Sanders when they were both, you know, the camp had the, the guys, the choices for the Democrats. From what I heard and from what I understand and from things that I have read in the non-mainstream media, Bernie Sanders was basically 